The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Twitch. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And Thanksgiving is tomorrow, so we know what team we got to talk about and we got to open the show with. We never opened the show with this team, but with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, and we all know what team opens up Thanksgiving, and that's the Detroit Lions. And they play an NFC North matchup tomorrow against the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the Lions haven't won a game. The Bears, they're sitting at 3-7, and seven, losing five in a row. Both these teams are desperate for a win. Uh, it's going to be Andy Dalton starting instead of a Justin Fields. And Matt Nagy is this close, this close to being fired by the Chicago Bears. Obviously, if he loses on Friday, he, if he loses tomorrow, he's probably going to be fired. I would say even before Friday. I think they, I don't think the, I think the Bears might even fire him on Thanksgiving. That's that, that's how desperate they are to fire Matt Nagy. And for the Lions, we don't know if Jared Goff's going to start. It's either going to be Jared Goff or Connecticut's own uh, Tim Boyle, who obviously we all know. Justin knows very well here in Connecticut. He was the starter at UConn, but before that, he won three straight state championships. Xavier, starter at UConn. I think he went to Western Kentucky, and Eastern. then I think he was Eastern. Eastern Kentucky, and then he was undrafted uh, by the uh, by the Green Bay Packers. And then obviously he started last week and was absolutely terrible for the Lions last week against the Browns. Probably one of the worst games of the NFL season uh, last week when they played. But for this game, I think it's going to be, even though golf is practice this week, I think it's still going to be Tim Boyle. I think this is going to be a very, very ugly game between these two teams. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think, is, is going is to, I think he's going to do okay, but I think he's going to struggle. I think Tim Boyle is going to struggle too. I think this is a really, really low, really, really low scoring game. And it's so tough to pick one of these two teams because both of them have been absolutely terrible over the last month. But 
I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears. We'll see if the, that might not even save Matt Nagy's job. Matt Nagy might even get fired, uh, even if the Bears win. But I'm going with the Bears to win this game 16 to 10. But Justin, I know I'm throwing a curve here because I think the Nagy question I gave you was kind of obvious because obviously if they lose, he's going to get fired. But is Dan Campbell going to lead the Lions to their first win? If Jerry Goff plays, I believe he died. Um, if Jerry Goff plays, I believe he, they do get this one because I don't know what. Bears team's going to show up. If it if it does come down to Nagy, do they fight for Nagy's job? I can't really see that right now. So, I you know, coming off a short week, Lions had another tough loss. They played hard. But, like, I, I think this is really the Lions' last – them and probably the Vikings at home are the only two other chances they have. So, th- this is the big one. So, I think if Jerry Gault plays, I think De- DeAndre Swift has a big game on the ground, and I think they knock him off. If Tim Bullard does play, then I just don't see how the Lions move the ball. Even if the Bears really are not that motivated, I still can't see it. I do believe, too, Dan, Tim Boyle led Eastern Kentucky to a playoff appearance at the FCS level, I believe, his oh, wow. senior year. So, and that was probably one of the reasons why he got into the NFL, because his play at UConn did not get um, him into the NFL. That's pretty obvious. No, well, he did not have the greatest offensive coaching staff, and Bob Diaco had no <laughs> idea how to coach an offense. So oh, I don't right blame him all yeah, that. Right I think he that, was yeah. in the worst off position possible. Um, but yeah, if, if the Lions, if the Lions have Jared Goff, I do think they win this game. If not, I, I gotta go with the Bears, even though uh, they're bad. But hopefully, UConn bad will win today. They play at noon tomorrow, so I won't have to watch much of this because I'm do not want to watch this game. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> And we'll get to UConn basketball later in the show. But enough with this game. We got to get to the game that Xander wants us to talk about. And we see Xander's comment. You know who else plays on Thanksgiving. I'm very well aware of who else plays on Thanksgiving. And and the uh, Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders coming in losing three in a row. Cowboys coming in losing two out of three. This I think and, uh, we all know America is only watching one game on Thanksgiving. I don't have to. We, we get it, Xander. Yes, yes, yes. This game obviously gets the highest ratings because, you know, people are cooking during the – usually most people are cooking during the Lions game and most people are asleep during the, the late game no matter who who plays in it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, but for, for this game, there is a chance – correct me if I'm wrong, Xander – that Tyron Smith is going to come back. And I do think if he does come back, it's going to make a difference. But I think the biggest reason why the Cowboys win this game is because of the running game. The Raiders are not good stopping the run. We saw two weeks ago that the Giants, Devontae Booker, ran all over the Raiders' defense. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to run all over that defense as well. I do think Derek Carr is going to make plays. I think I think, uh, I think think uh, Darren Waller's going to have another good game. I think Renfro is going to have a good game. I think I think I expect Derek Carr to put up some yards and, and some points in this game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the team with the better quarterback. I'm going to go with the team with the better roster. And I think the Cowboys bounce back this week. They're a better football team than the Raiders. If the Cowboys want to be a Super Bowl, a, a Super Bowl contender, they got to win a game like this. Uh, that's why I got, I got, I got. The, and here's another one. I'm praying the Raiders don't run ruin my Thanksgiving the way Colt McCoy did. Phew, yeah, that, 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 that's a good. That's a good point there. That's a good. That's a good point there. Uh, that was. That was. I think that might have been last year with Colt McCoy. It was a. No, 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 they were cool. Yeah. The Giants last year, a few years back. Years. I don't know. Yeah. It might have been two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, because he was it in Washington. He was in Washington. A yeah, because it was ago, like yeah. right after um, Alex Smith broke his leg. I think it was like the week or two after that. No, I'm not, I'm not sure when Colt McCoy. I, I think the Cowboys might have even won that game that Colt McCoy started. I think they won that game in 2018 that Colt McCoy started. But Colt McCoy played well in that game. So I, I get what Xander's saying there. But yeah. I, 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 as, as much as I want the Raiders to win the game, I don't think they're going to ruin your Thanksgiving, Xander. I got the Cowboys winning. I got the Cowboys winning it 27-20. But the big question is, Justin, can this Raiders pass rush get pressure on Dak Prescott 
for them to snap their three-game losing streak. If Tyron Smith is not available, then I think it's very possible. What I've read, it sounds like he's going to play, what I've read so far. Because, yeah, last week they they missed him a lot. Dak really had no time to do anything at all. They really showed offensively last week. If he does play, I think Dallas is going to be able to run the football offensively. They do whatever they want. I just – I don't know where this Raiders team's at right now. Um, and I, I think Dallas passes back. I think yeah, I think Pollard and Ezekiel had big days. Even if they don't have Lamb or Cooper tomorrow, the Cowboys, I still think they run the ball. So, okay, CD's definitely C- out, now, out. Oh, so. yeah, CD's out. And Amari's going to be out, too. CD will be out because oh, of the concussion. He's not going to come back in, you know, five days for yeah. that. And Amari's obviously going to be out, too. So, yeah, you got, you got CD and Cooper out, which definitely, you know, could, could play a factor. But I just I just think the Cowboys running game is going to be too much. I think that, that that's going to be the difference in this game. But I definitely can see the Raiders winning it. If the Cowboys don't run the football well, I could see the Raiders winning it because then they could pin their ears back with Ndokwe and with Crosby and get pressure on Dak, and that definitely could affect this game. So I could see the Raiders winning. I just think the running game of the Cowboys is going to be too much. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, I just don't see him being able to stop the run. Joe Mixon had a big game last week. I just yeah, I, I see the Cowboys kind of controlling the ball, keeping Derek Carr off the field, keeping that defense off the field. And, and yeah, and I think yeah, the Cowboys kind of win this game with the running game. I think Elliott and Pollard kind of do whatever they want right now against against that Raiders defense. Uh, absolutely absolutely so it should be interesting you know but but you know for me with the cowboys i i still have them as that fifth best team in the in the nfc i promised xander last week that i might change my opinion but last week with last week's loss i can't change my opinion i would have last week changed my opinion but i can't change my opinion with the cowboys now yeah their their defense played pretty well last week for homes i offensively i they really missed tyron smith on that off the line they just really had no idea they really couldn't get any offense going last week. Dak was kind of running for his life. Um, <laughs> Gander out here. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, Santa. Gander out here. <laughs> I just I, – I wouldn't be shocked if that happened because, you know, oh, you know Jerry, Jason Jason yeah. Garrett and Jerry Jones, they're close. Like Garrett, they, they gave Garrett way too – they kept Garrett way too long as Cowboys head coach. But I just – I wouldn't be shocked, but I can't see that happening. But we'll get to Jason Garrett later. I can't either. I there's I don't think there's ever been a I think the one example is Nebraska basketball. I think Fred Hoinberg um hired I don't remember if you know the old coach Doc Sadler. He hired him as an assistant and he was fired from Nebraska. It was probably a different AD, but still like he actually went back to Nebraska after they still fired him. It's you know, it's been about eight, nine years, but like I can't recall another coach going back to his former team to like be an assistant coach at the fire. I that that seems weird. That would be a very weird thing. No, I see. I see. Uh, I see Xander's comment. Jerry and Jerry, Jerry and Garrett are Eskimo brothers. I see Eskimo brothers. I see. Uh, I see. I see Xander's comment there. But yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't see that happening. And and obviously, this week for the Cowboys, you know, if they want to keep pace, up to me, this is it. If they want to be a Super Bowl contender, I feel like this is a game they got to win. You got a Raiders team that's lost three in a row, has not played well. You're at home on Thanksgiving. I think this is a game you got to win if you want to be a Super Bowl contender. If you're the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. You're playing a Raiders team right now that's reeling. Short week at home. You know, yeah, it's a Raiders team that still trying to figure them, figure some things out. You know, I thought last week in the fourth quarter they finally started to throw some deep balls and it worked, but it was just too little, too late. So the Raiders come out with a different um, game plan. They kind of want to attack deep. I still think, you know, obviously, still the impact of Rugs because he was really starting to play well before the incident. But yeah, like this, this is a team you got to beat right now because they're not playing well. They're they they you know they. 
really have not been grown up both sides of the ball right now. They just big, big spots too. They just, you know, kind of shoot themselves in the foot like the Raiders have the last 15, 20 years. So yeah, they, this is a game that Dallas needs to win. They can't, they can't afford to kind of lose this one if they want to be a Super Bowl contender. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get to the nightcap, and that's the Bills traveling out of New Orleans to face the Saints. These are two struggling, struggling football teams right now. And uh, here, here comes Jaron. You can lose to the Chiefs and still be a Super Bowl contender, but if you lose, but if Dallas loses to this Raiders team, they're evidently not. Absolutely, I completely agree with Jared with that statement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're seven four. You lose a homie in the Raiders at death. Just have not played well the last few weeks, pretty much the last month. So. Yeah, this is a game where if you do struggle in this game, you you know you're you're in a lot of trouble, and you know you're still going to win this division. You're still going to be a playoff team, but yeah, you're not you're not going to be top half of the teams in the NFC. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's get to this game in New Orleans between the Bills and the Saints. Two struggling teams right now, but I got to go to the team go with the team that that's more healthy with the Bills because the Saints. You look at the Saints' injuries. I mean, they did score a little bit on the Eagles. They made that game in the fourth quarter a little. They were getting blown out, and then they came back a little bit against the Eagles. But you got if you got to look at the Saints' team, they're probably not going to have Alvin Kamara. They're probably not going to have their two tackles with uh with the uh, with uh with uh with Tyron Armstead and uh, Ryan Ramchak, they're probably not going to have their two tackles. So I think Buffalo's going to get pressure on Trevor Simeon. I think they're going to have trouble running the football. I think Buffalo's defense is going to control this game. The problem is Buffalo can't control a game on the ground. So this might be a game where there's a lot of three and outs because neither team is going to be able to run the football. But obviously I gotta, I'm got i going to take the better quarterback here. I think Josh Allen makes enough plays. I think Buffalo's defense forced the turnover. No, I mean, I think Buffalo's defense forced the turnover, gives their offense a short field, so they score that way. That this is That's why I got Buffalo winning this game. I got them winning it by two scores. I got Buffalo. I think their defense has a, has a bounce back week this week. I think they hold the Saints under 10 points. I got Buffalo beating the Saints 24-9 in New Orleans on Thanksgiving night. But, Justin, can this Saints defense help them snap their losing streak? I don't think so. I got the Bills 27-17. I think the Bills do what um, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles did last week. I think Josh Allen has a ton of rushing yards. They could not stop Jalen Hurts. And that was the one thing the Saints relied on was up front in the defensive line to be able to stop the run, and they could not do that last week. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just ran all over them. They put up 40 points on them. I don't think the Bills put up 40 this week because I think right now there's a lot of problems right now with their offense. But I think they, you know, they score 27 I think Josh Allen has a big game with his legs. He may, you know, and with how bad the secondary the Saints have played, they've really showed. I think he makes some, I think they make some big plays offensively, the Bills, you know, the digs. So I, I have the, I, you know, I, I think the Saints are really going to struggle with just how banged up they are. And I think, you know, short week, I can't really see that. I, you know, I love Sean Payne as a coach. I think he's one of the best, but I don't know how he rallies his team right now. And I don't know how they, how they're going to beat the Bills. Um, Thursday night. It's a tough one. Very difficult situation for Sean Payton. Obviously, you know, he's been playing. He's got to, might have to play without Alvin Kamara. He got to play without the two tackles. He just has head guys banged up all year. And you saw what the Saints team lost in the offseason. They lost so many of those secondary pieces. I mean, on offense, when you, they, they lost Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, and then you look at the, they lost Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders. On defense, they lose uh they lose uh Trey Hendrickson, who's had a pretty who's had a pretty good year for the uh for for the Bengals. So they, they lost a lot of a lot of secondary pieces on this team that have uh, that didn't they because they had one of the top rosters in the league last year, but now their roster's not as good and now and now with the injuries, their roster isn't even close to as good as it was last year. So and they don't have as good of a court and they don't even have and Breeze, even though he wasn't great last year, is much better than Trevor Simeon. So just just it's just very hard for Sean Payton right now with the roster he has. That's why I think the Bills win it by a couple couple scores. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I it's it's a tough spot for Sean Payton right now. You know, I know the Bills are kind of reeling, reeling right now. They got their doors blown off them to Indianapolis last week, but I they're, they're still a better situation right now for the Bills than the Saints. They're just yeah, so many injuries. Guys, you know, they couldn't resign because they were pretty much in, you know, they really had no cap at all. Um, you know, I they, they don't, I know, still have a ton of room this year, but they last offseason was tough to sign guys. So, yeah, it's kind of roster that's depleted a bit here. And, you know, knowing Sean Payton, I think he'll build it back up, but it's, you know, not going to get any better. Any, you know, the rest of this year, maybe not even, you know, next year. I don't know what their cap situation is this offseason, but, you know, it it could be kind of a show next year. Even though Jameis wasn't horrible, you know, Jameis actually played all right before he got hurt. So, you know, maybe with him back next year, you know, they'll be able to hang around in the NFCs. But, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate right now. The Saints are really um, struggling right now. All righty. So we got to get to the Sunday slate. We got to get to the big game in the AFC on Sunday. And that's between the Titans and Patriots. The Titans had a miserable league, week last week. Ryan Tannehill threw four picks against the Houston Texans. And the Patriots are rolling. Their defense has played outstanding. I mean, they shut out the Falcons. They held the Browns to seven points. They held the Panthers to six points. I mean, their defense has played outstanding. They, they, they you know, confused Justin Herbert. Herbert, they picked off Herbert a couple of times. So this defense has played well. Mac Jones has not turned the ball over. He's managed the game and played well. He had great games against the Browns and the Jets in this winning streak. So, so this should be a really, really close competitive game. But I'm looking at it this way. Mike Frabel has had his way with the New England Patriots. He has had his way with Bill Belichick since he's been the head coach. 2018, holds them to 10 points, beats them, thir- beats them uh, 34 to 10 at home. We all remember that playoff game, Tom Brady's last game, beats them 20 to 13. He's held the Patriots to under 14 points both times. I think their defense is the reason why they pull this upset. I think their defense forces a turnover for Mac Jones. I don't think the Titans do a ton offensively in this game, but it's very similar to that playoff game two years ago. I think their defense carries them in this game. I think they force a turnover. Obviously, I said they force a turnover for Mac Jones. I think Tannehill manages the game. Manages the game. I think this is a close competitive game, but I hear I know there's a lot of talk about the Patriots being the best team in the AFC. I'm not buying it, and the big reason is because they're – lack of skill guys in the passing game, and Mac Jones' lack of mobility because I think he'll be under pressure this game too. I think Harold Landry and, and Jeffrey Simmons will get pressure on him. They've been doing that all year. They've been doing that to a ton of quarterbacks. I know the Patriots' offensive line is decent, but the Rams' offensive line was good too, and they got pressure on, pressure on, on, on Jared Goff. So, no, I mean uh, Matthew Stafford. So I think that I think that, that, that uh, the pressure that the Titans put on him put on the Patriots. I think that's going to be the difference in this game. And I think Tannehill's going to be able to manage the game. He makes less mistakes than Mac Jones. So I got the Titans going into New England and pulling the upset, winning it 21-17. But can this Pats defense uh, help them extend their winning streak to six? I think so. I have the Pats win this game 24-16. to They have not a lot of point in the last 19 drives. And, you know, the Browns after the first drive did nothing right. Um, you know, like the two drives that the Panthers got those field goals on, I think they went one drive was six yards and they kicked the field goal. The other was like seven yards and they kicked the field goal. So the last few weeks, nobody's really been able to move the ball against these guys. You know, Matthew Judon has been unbelievable. Um, they played a lot more zone coverage and it's helped. Like Jalen Mills, I think, you know, even last week played better. You know, I think it fits him more. And I think, you know, this mini kind of buy here with 10 days off, I think it's big for him here. I, you know, the Titans – Again, they've shown they I know they forced the tournament against the Rams. They only had 194 yards um you know against the Rams. They had 264 against New Orleans. You know, and last week I know they they got kind of a bunch late against the Texans, but they really haven't moved the ball lately, you know, since Eric Henry got out, went out. So 
I think the Patriots shut them down. I don't think they're able to do much at all offensively. And the Patriots, you know, last week forced four, four or five interceptions last week. Like the Patriots have been forcing turnovers. I think they forced a couple this week. Getting back Jones a short field for that offense. Um, I really like the way the team's playing. I think they, there's a real belief right now in this Patriots team that they can beat anybody. And I see them at home winning this game 24-16. And this is a great situation. I'll admit, this is a great situation for the Patriots. They're at home. They got 10 days off. They're playing a Titans team who's coming off a terrible loss. But the reason I'm picking the Titans is just I just think Mike Vrabel has had his way with this Patriot team. And this is with Tom Brady. This isn't with Mac Jones. This is with Tom Brady. Vrabel owned this owned, owned this page. I own this Patriot, and we got to come from Jared. Uh, I'm with Steve. The Patriots have to come back to Earth sooner or later, and I agree with. And, and, and that's a good comment by Jared because if you look at this Patriot team, they still don't they still don't scare you scare you in the passing game. I mean, Mac Jones, I think he's played played really well against the Browns and against and against the Jets. But if you look at the games against the Falcons and the Panthers, they they scored under 20 points. They still were very conservative with him. The defense carried them to those wins. I'm not hating on Mac Jones, but I'm just saying that the defense carried them to those wins. So. I still don't think New England. I, I think they're obviously good. I think they very they could be a wild card team. But I still think even with Buffalo's problems, I still think Buffalo's the best team in that division because of the quarterback is a Josh Allen. So I, I I still think New England. I know they know it's a weak AFC, and a lot of people think they're the best team in the AFC. I don't think they're the best team in the AFC. I think they are going to come down to earth this week because of you know I think the Titans will blitz, and Mac Jones had issues picking up blitzes against the Falcons, and the, the Titans have a better defense than the Falcons. I think they're going to get pressure on them, and they're going to force them to make mistakes. And I think in this game. Ryan Tannehill's not going to turn the ball over a ton. And that's why I think it's, I think it's close and competitive, but I just think Tennessee comes away with the win. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I see Jerry's comment, you know, yeah, usually New England does win these games easy. Um, you know, um, there's his comment at New England. Yeah. New England wins these easy bill. will take away the run and make Tannehill try to beat them with a hurt. AJ Brown pass went 27, 24. Um, I'm in Sanders. She says, she says 27, 14. 27-14. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see the Pats winning this game by, by that score, but I just, Mike Vrabel's done a really good job against Bill Belichick, yes. and I just don't think this Patriots team. And yes, they're seven and four, but I just don't think they're 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 still. I just don't think they're a, they're a great team. I still don't think they're a great team. I, I'm I'm not completely buying them yet. Yes, if they win the next two weeks, I'll start buying them. I promise you guys that. But I'm still not buying them yet uh, because I mean, obviously they're. I mean, they blew out the Browns, but that was with a banged up Baker Mayfield without Nick Chubb. And then the charge, the Chargers was their best win. I mean, I'll give them that one. But still, outside of that, they beat, you know, an average, a bad Jets team, an average, uh, an average Carolina Panthers team, and then a Falcons team that's, that's not, that's really been slumping. So I'm not discrediting the Patriots. I just don't think they're explosive enough on offense to consider them a great team. Yeah. And I think that's like their one flaw right now. I think they're the third best team in the AFC. I, have the Chiefs, the Chiefs continue to be like they are as a top team. And then I have Bills, I have the Bills barely above the Patriots. Then I have like the Ravens just behind the Pats. I just, with all their injuries, um, I see Daniel you know, Sanders' comment. You know, Steve, they have the top five defense or, or for them. I, I, know, I, um, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But the thing is, is when you pressure Mac Jones and you take away that run game, He's not as good as you saw, you know, you know, when they played, when they played teams like the Saints, when they played teams like the Bucks, they didn't score as many points. And let's not think this. And yes, they, they put up a ton of points against, you know, 
against the Jets and they put up a ton of points against the Browns, but just there's certain games where there's just consistent, there's just consistency issues with their, with their, with their passing. Game. There's just, and which, which, you know, Kansas city's picked up the last couple of weeks, Baltimore has Lamar, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. And then if, I mean, if Derrick Henry comes back for Tennessee, I just think those, those teams are more explosive. Yeah. You know, the Pats don't have that explosive guy, you know, yet, you know, you hope they bring in, in that guy. Um, but yeah, like that's their one flaw. I think their defense is good enough though to keep them like, like the Rams, like, I, I don't think it's on the Rams. It's obvious their defense obviously on the Rams level, um, back a few years ago when they made Super Bowl. But like, I think their defense is good enough, especially with how weak the AFC is this year. To, I think their defense is good enough to lead them to a Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to win them a Super Bowl, at, definitely not. But I think their offense is good enough just to do enough if their defense plays well you know like yeah the pages haven't played much at all we're the next four weeks we're gonna find out a lot you know they have oh, well, we're gonna, we're gonna learn we're, 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 yeah we're gonna learn ton, oh, we're learn a ton about the patriots if they win yeah. those those three games I, if, if they win yeah if they, if they go if they go like three and one in their next four games i might even say they, they they may even be the best team in the afc but i just don't see it happening i see at best they're gonna go two and two in those games yeah, and that's that's what I want. I just want this team to go two and two. You're sitting at nine and six, which still the Jets at home. And then you got the Dolphins. If you're two and two, yeah. you're good enough to make the playoffs. You go two and two, they're going to make the playoffs in those games. Oh, yeah. They just got to go avoid going any worse than that. Yeah, that's the thing. They just because yeah, they're beating the Jags in Miami. So like yeah, if you can get the nine wins by the end of the stretch, you're good because that's going to get you win. Ten wins is 100 going to get you in the playoffs this year. So yeah, we're going to find out a lot. You know. I, again, like I think we could beat the Bills because of the way the Bills cannot stop the run. So, like I, I think we could beat the Bills by controlling the running game. You know, yes, it's gonna be tough to go up there. You know, I, I assume the best Bills team's gonna come out, but like the way I've seen the Bills play the last few weeks, I'm not. I still think they're a good team. I'm not that scared of them. You know, like right now the way they're playing. Um, I see Sanders kind of the Pat, Pats go get going free agency next season. We can see the Patriots. I love that Chris Godwin. That'd be a great addition That'd be right great. there. That'd be great. Great. We'll but we'll see what happens in free agency. But but yeah, but obviously looking at this year, yeah, as you said, we're gonna learn a lot about this team in, in, in the next four weeks because their schedule gets tough now. Titans, Bills twice, and then uh and then, then you got the Colts. You got you got you got you're playing you're playing uh three three uh, you're playing three contending teams. You're playing the team you gotta beat to win the AFC East twice. So you're gonna learn a ton about this team in the next in the next uh four weeks. I just think personally, I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're they're as good as they're as good as Baltimore, Kansas City, uh, even the Bills, and and uh, the Bills, and then even the Titans if they have Derrick Henry. And we'll learn about the Titans. We'll find out what the Titans. We'll find out if they're better than the Titans this week. If they beat the Titans by two scores, oh, yes, I'll admit they're better than the Titans this week. But yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, obviously we're just gonna find a lot about find out a lot about this team in the next four weeks. Yeah, absolutely, hey, we will. You know, the Titans. Again, like the, the two of the two losses to come to, to the Texans and um and the Jets, so it's like you know they could be sitting at what ten and one right now, something like that. So, you know, it, it could definitely be a team right now saying one seed. I definitely do think it's a good team. Still, so I just, I just, I don't really know what this offense. This offense hasn't done a lot. They handled through three or four picks last week. I think it's a good team. I think the, the defensively they've really stepped it up this year. But I, I really love the way the Path Mojo is right now. They're they're. They're playing some really good football right now, and I I think they find a way to pull it out someday. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Big big game on Sunday in the in Foxborough, but we got to go on to my team, and my team is right now a complete mess. This team is a mess. Yesterday they fired Jason Garrett. 
which, you know, is part of the pro- – he was part of the problem. He's not the entire problem. The biggest problem with this team is Dave Gettleman. And, and, and he's, he needs to be fired immediately. He needs to be fired – I don't know why he hasn't been fired yet because he is the biggest, biggest, biggest problem with this Giants team. And it all started in 2018. It started, you know, with the Nate Soldier signing, which was absolutely horrible. The training for Alex Ogletree, which was terrible. And then, obviously, in the draft that year. You got Josh Allen sitting right there. And I know I wanted Sam Darnold. I'll get it. But you got Josh Allen sitting right there. But, you know, we go three and 13. But, you know, they, they, they got they, – and I love Eli, but, they got, you know, they got it. They, they, they don't move on from Eli. They, they you know, they draft, they draft a running back, number two overall. And then, funny, I told you guys Garrett wouldn't last. And, 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 uh, and yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that, Jared. You got to be so happy that uh, Jason Garrett's away from your team. And, and I, and I was, I, I was, I was higher on, I was kind of high on Jason Garrett coming in as the offensive coordinator, but yeah, it, exactly. It's a terrible move in the first place. Hiring Jason Garrett offense was way too conservative and it did, definitely was a problem. And you got to come from Xander. I I'm just upset that as a Cowboys fan that I have to sit there and watch the Pats be great for another 20 years while my boys don't, that's just the reality of the situation, my man, Xander. That's the reality of the situation. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know how great the Pats are going to be yet. Let's 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 pump the brakes there. And hey, mm-hmm. you never know with your Cowboys. If they somehow, you know, Jerry, if they if they, you know, is maybe someday some maybe you know maybe Jerry finally realizes I can't be a GM anymore. They hire a GM. They get the right head. They get they they they, they hire the right head coach. And maybe you know they get they get back they get back to being a great team because they got the talent. The problem with the Cowboys is it's just it's 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 the coaching. If they somehow if Jerry if Jerry steps down as GM, they hire a GM, they get the right head coach. Who knows, Xander? You you know mm-hmm. you might you might see the Cowboys win a Super Bowl soon. But that's what has happened. That's what is going to end up having to happen for the Cowboys to do that. But moving back onto the Giants, Dave Gettleman needs to be fired. Fired immediately, and that's the that's the first. I mean, and I said it after 2020. And the big reason he kept his job in 2020 is they beat the Seahawks. They don't beat the Seahawks, he doesn't get fired. But yeah, let's go back to 2018. Not taking a quarterback was inexcusable in, in 2018. I know they, did, they 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 were probably right about not taking the guy that I wanted in Sam Darnold. But they should the, the fact they didn't take Josh Allen. You can't explain you can't explain that pick. Then the, then the Odell thing that offseason. You sign them and then you trade them. Then you have 16 million in dead money. I know I've gone through this, but it's just. And then in the draft, you know, instead of taking a play, you, you stick with Eli. But then it, taking a player is going to help you this year. You end up, you know, you end up uh, t- taking a quarterback. So you have a guy you're paying 20 million to, or the number six pitch pick sitting on the bench. So that made no sense. Just so many moves with Dave Gettleman that made absolutely no sense. He is the number one reason why this team is what it is right now, and he absolutely needs to be fired. And you know what? For the performances this team had on Sunday, Daniel Jones, and I've defended Daniel Jones, but on Sunday he did not look like a franchise quarterback at all. And I mean, on Monday night, he did not look like a franchise quarterback at all. So, And and Joe Judge, you know, this year, he, with the, Monday night wasn't really on him, but really for some of the games this year, with a lack of discipline with this team, I, I, everything's on the table. Everybody, for what happened Monday night, everything is on the table. Everybody can be fired, and 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 it's reasonable to have every, every everything is on the table at this point for the Giants. Gettleman, Judge, and uh, and Jones, none of those guys are safe at this point. Yeah, and they they shouldn't. I just saw Monday night. You had 15 days off, and I thought they'd come out much more ready to go, and it just did not seem like like Tampa Bay moved down the field in a and they were lucky. They, they were lucky to be in that game. That game should have been like 20 to that, that game was 17 10 at halftime. They were lucky that game wasn't 20 to 3 at halftime. That holding call and that terrible turnover the Bucks had yeah. saved them. That saved them and that gave them a chance in that game. And I said I heard yeah. I heard a pundit um, say that you had the worst coach quarterback tandem in the league. 
it's not. I wouldn't say it's the worst, but it's not good. Let's just, let's just put it. Uh, let's let's just say that it's not good. It's not. I don't think it's the worst, but it's not good. It's it's not a quarterback tandem that's going to lead you to the promised land. That's for sure. No, and I don't think he times he's been put in the best position, Daniel Jones. You know, again, it, it to have all the weapons out. You know, I know for most, you know, mostly he really has not played with all those guys all year, and it's like, okay, what could he do with all of them? We really haven't seen that. But it's like, yeah, at times it's like he looks like he can do it. And at other times, like Monday night, it's just like, what are you doing? Like that first inter, that first interception, he threw right to that Buccaneers um, defensive lineman. Like it just landed in that his That was lap. a horrible, horrible yeah. interception. And in year three, you just can't make a mistake like that. That was a horrible, horrible interception by Daniel Jones there. I, and you just can't make a mistake like that in year three. And, yeah, there's the games. There's, there, there's, there's the New Orleans game where you're looking at and the Carolina game where you're saying, yeah, this is the guy. We got the guy. But then you watch the games against the really good teams, against the Bucs and the Rams. His stats, his numbers against the Bucs and the Rams, one touchdown, five picks. That's inexcusable. And then that, that that's where you very easily can move on from the guy. I mean, and those are the two games I look at. The Panther game and the Saints game, yes. you Those games you could say, oh, yeah, Daniel Jones is the guy. And then you look at the Bucs and, and the Rams games, the teams you need to beat to compete for a championship, and you play that poorly. And that shows you shows you why the Giants aren't even close, close to competing for for anything right now. No, it's unfortunate. And I mentioned this. I don't know if you remember if you remember telling you because I think I got like disconnected like halfway through a couple weeks ago. I think the Giants need to stop guys hiring guys that have any ties to this organization because I think that's oh, that, 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 the most. That, that, that's a great point. That, 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 that's absolutely. I said it right when they hired Dave Gettleman. Why would you hire a guy that worked with Jerry Reese? It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Why, why would you do that? That's why if this next GM is Kevin Abrams, they're, they're screwed. They're screwed. And you'll know they're screwed if they hire Kevin Abrams. They better not hire Kevin Abrams. They need to hire a guy outside the organization. If they don't, they are screwed, and they will continue to lose. They will continue to lose. If they hire a guy that that that, that is in the organization, they will continue to lose. Yeah, absolutely, because it just, it just hasn't really happened. Like, I was looking this up. So in 1970, out of the NFC East, they have the least amount of NFC titles. They only have eight. Washington has nine. And it's like, you know – like, I know the Giants have had some of their runs, but it's like they never go on a run that seems like for five, six. Like, they never sustain it. Like, it's there for, like, three, four years. But then it's like they can never they can never kind of, like, get it going for, like, you know, six, seven years. Like, it really hasn't – they haven't really been able to do that. I know the Cowboys have always been good. But, yeah, it's just – it's been it's been a lot of losing, especially the last decade. They just cannot get it right. And I thought coming on paper with the signings they had, I thought they had a good draft class coming in. It just – I know all the injuries hurt, but yeah, it's just they can't put it together. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, yeah, they, they have to get rid of Dave Gettleman. But if you're going to bring in a guy to say, get another, another guy that John Tenley, Kevin Abrams, what's the difference? You know, like, yeah, what, what's what's there's the none. difference going to be? The Giants have built a dynasty since, since the Super Bowl started. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Giants have built, been built a dynasty since the, Call Jeff Hostetler's and and uh, a wild card Super Bowl chief. Yeah, I mean, but the, but the, but the but the thing is with the with the Giants with the Giants right now is just it's been it's been going on since 2013. Just poor decisions from started from Jerry Reese. It's it's gone. It's stuck. It's stuck with Dave Gettleman and, and Will Hernandez. That was that, that was uh that 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 was Dave that, that was uh, that was another Dave Gettleman pick that was terrible and he was terrible on Monday night. It's just it's just been it's just been absolutely pathetic and it's just they obviously need to move on from Gettleman and, and, and Judge and Jones. Are, are, are on the table too. 
but we got to get to the game on uh we'll get to the game on on Sunday with the Giants and they host the Eagles. The Eagles have really found an identity. I think this Eagles team has really found an identity with the running game with Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders last week with Jay, with Jalen Hurts. And I think it helps with the running game too with Jalen Hurts because that opens up the zone read and the read option. I think they're gonna move the ball on the Giants defense. I think with with how poor the Giants linebackers are, uh it's it's just it's it's it uh I think they're gonna be able to run the football against them against that against that uh against that Giants defense and and I think for the Giants I do think they move the ball a little bit I think this is a game Saquon Barkley plays well in because I think the Eagles like to play that two deep zone they have six guys in the box I think Saquon Barkley is a huge game there I think I think Freddie Kitchen what he's gonna do is he's gonna he's there's gonna be more big plays in the offense and I know Garrett took chances there's gonna be more big plays and I feel like he's gonna use especially in this game with how weak the Eagles linebackers are with TJ Edwards it's different animal when you're facing Levante David and, and uh, Devin White. You're now you're facing TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton. I feel like that uh, uh, Freddie Kitchens, they're going to use a lot of zo- more, they're going to use a lot more zone read and read option with Daniel Jones. They're going to run Daniel Jones more. And I think the Giants will move the ball too. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to go with the better football team here. And I'm going to go with the Eagles to win this game uh, 27 to 23 at the Meadowlands. But Justin, can the OC change spark the Giants to an upset win? I don't. I don't think so. I have the Eagles thirty-one to twenty-one. Um, I really like the way the Eagles been playing. You know, it sounded like what I heard that yeah, Freddie couldn't be more aggressive with his offense. We'll see how that helps. You know, like I like today's Tony that pass he threw. Like again, like why don't you use him some more in some gimmicky stuff? Like you know, hopefully he uses some more gimmicky type play calling too. Like a guy like Tony, you could use in the running. Like like how the Niners have been using Debo Samuel last. You know, um, two weeks. I mean, he's got 13 carries, and he's a leading rusher last week. Like, he's a guy that's got a lot of, a lot of speed that you can use on the outside. Like, you gotta try something outside of the box. I feel like, and if will Freddie Kitchen do it? You know what you're saying. It sounds like he will. Sounds like he's gonna be more aggressive. Um, I just have to see him do it first. It's I'm not the biggest Freddie Kitchens guy from what we saw in Cleveland. And then one one game two last year. I forget when he was the OC, he called like the most ridiculous play. I'm sure they like wasn't like fourth and goal. He called some, like, I think it like that Sunday night game last year. I can't remember. I, I, I totally, yeah, we got um, a comment from Xander. Giants should take a page out of the Sixers and start a process yeah. to get the best possible talent for like four to five season. I promise the Giants will be a powerhouse until they, they can, they, they, I, yeah, well, I, hey, anything could work at this point. I mean, they got two first-round picks. We'll see what they do with those. But, you know, at this point, anything's better than what the, than what they've been doing. They could be top ten picks at this point because the Bears right now I don't think are getting too many more wins. The Giants, I know the schedule starts to ease up a bit, but, you know, who knows? Like, you could have possibly two top ten picks, which will, will start. You know, I think it kind of, you know, depends on what happens with Gettleman here and who your new GM is, who he's interested in. But – it could start, you know, there's two, possibly two very top 10 picks who could kind of maybe help things go, you know, steer some things in the right direction. But, or you could use it as trade bait and try to go get somebody. I don't know who has a quarterback or, you know, if you wanted to or, or a weapon or another weapon, you know, who knows? You could be, do a lot with those two picks. But yeah, um, Giants need to kind of figure out something, you know. I guess yeah. As you said, any anything could anything's possible right now with the Giants. You could kind of try to do anything right now. Giants to try to fix it because there's no easy way right now. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And going back to the game against the Eagles, I think the running game and Hurts is ultimately – and the pressure they're going to put on Daniel Jones ultimately makes a difference in this game. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the Eagles have really found something. I think Jalen Hurts has looked a lot better now that, that – you know, remember a month ago the Eagles fans were just like sarcastically cheering when they handed the ball off. Now, now you know, Hurts is only throwing it like 20 times a game. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Eagles <laughs> really Jared's comment. It's, it's, I, I would be, be careful making any promise. Yeah, nice one, Jared. Yeah, you really don't want to be making – seeing what the Giants have been doing the last nine years, you don't want to be making any promises about the Giants. Jared's right about that. No, yeah, it's been a – it's been a long process here for the Giants. Yeah, it's tough depending on who comes in here. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Jalen Hurts has looked a lot better, and I, I think the Eagles win this game 31-21. to 21. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I got to go with the Eagles in this one. But we got to get to our best bets uh, this week. And uh, Hurst lost his first 25 games. I saw that. First, yeah, fair, yeah. I mean, Hembo works at, works at Hembo works on Greeny Show at ESPN. Brought that really, yeah, very, really interesting there. Really, and and he, the, the thing is, is he doesn't get the notoriety because he just he doesn't win as many games. And, and let's be real, he hasn't had the coaching or the team around as good of a team around him as Lamar has. But yeah, you never know with Jalen Hurts right now. He potentially. Very, there's a chance he could he could be the guy for the Eagles. I still, I, I don't, I think the Eagles are absolutely giving him another year after the season he's had. Oh, absolutely! Like I, I really think that again, like really, they have become so run heavy. He's only had the, he hasn't had to throw the ball a lot, and it's I think it's made him a lot more confident out there, and you can see he's much less decisive. It, it's really opened everything up, and it, Jalen Hurt looks like a much better quarterback, and he looks like a much more confident quarterback. So. Yeah, I, it, it really has worked. And I think the theory of the Eagles right now, they're five and six right now, and they don't have to get on a plane the rest of the year. With all their road games, they're pretty much just like train trips or buses. So I wouldn't shock. I know the, how competitive the NFC is, but like if the Eagles do somehow find a way to sneak in the wild card, I wouldn't be shocked. And obviously, if you do sneak in the wild card, you know, it, you got to bring back General Hurts no matter what. Oh, absolutely. I think they make the playoffs. I think with this schedule, I think they take, I think they, I, I think maybe, I think they finish nine and eight. I think they take, uh, I think they take three out of four against Washington and the Giants because they have four of those games. I think they take three out of four against them. I think they obviously beat, I think they obviously beat the Jets. They'll obviously win that. They'll obviously win that game. And I think they, I, I think they be, I, I think we'll see what happens with the Cowboys. I think the only two games they lose is probably maybe Dallas, but Dallas might not be playing for anything. So they might have the division clinched at that point. And then I think they lose maybe one of the games to the Eagles or the Giants. But I think that's it. I think the Eagles finish nine and eight. I think they get, I think they get that wild card spot. I, I really do. I, because I, I think the way the Saints and Panthers are playing, I don't think they, I don't think they go to the playoffs. I do think San Francisco is the team that, that gets that other spot. Obviously the Rams will get, the, 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 the one of the other spots too, but I think the Eagles, I think they, I think they get that seven seed. I'm predicting them to get the seven seed right now. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. They should be right there. Yeah. Cause the giant, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, giants and Washington, Washington's been playing better. So, you know, we'll see, but like if they could get a split there, you know, get a sweep with the giants, you got the jets on the road next week. And then, yeah, the Cowboys at home, like if they're, they already clinched a division, they already clinched their seed. They, you know, it's a, it's a meaningful game for Philly. I, at home on the you know week eighteen, I can't see any reason why they they lose that game. So yeah, I can see the Eagles going to run. It would not shock me to see them be the seventh seed in, in the playoffs. And you know, a month ago you're kind of talking Nick Sirianno like was not the guy, but they 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 figured some things out, and he's done a really nice job in the last few weeks. So this Eagles team looks really really good. Yeah, the jury's out on him, but you know he's proving that 
he, again, he, 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 he has can, the chance to be a, a, a decent head coach. The jury's still out, but he has a chance to be a decent head yeah. coach. But we got to get we got to get to our best bets. Uh, mine this week are I like the Titans getting six and a half, six and a half points. Come on, I'm so sick and tired of the Patriots getting all this respect. I'm I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. They're not they're, to me. They're still not a great team. Getting they're getting a six and a, almost a touchdown favorite against the team. I know they don't have Derrick Henry, but a team that is the number one seed in the AFC and they've owned the Patriots. They've beaten them the last two times with Tom Brady. Let's 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 let's, let's say that too. So six and a half. I'm definitely taking the Titans there. Uh, the Jets, if any team is, is getting points against the Texans, I still don't think the Texans are, are any good. Even though they've won that game against the Titans, I don't see that team winning two in a row. Even though the Jets are starting, even though the Jets, you know, have had issues with that quarterback, uh, with, with, the, with their quarterback situation, I'm still taking the Jets two and, two and a half. And, I'm, and here's a surprising one. I'm going, I'm going, I'm taking the Colts two and a half against the Bucs. I think the Bucs got, with Vita Vea, it's got to be so big in that game, is if, if, if Vita Vea could play. If Vita Vea can't, can't play, I think Jonathan Taylor has a really good game against the Bucs. And I think I, I think the Colts, I think, even, I think they cover and they win that game. And for the Bucs, they might not have Mike Evans either. So I'm taking the Bucs plus two and a half against, uh, I'm taking the Colts uh, getting two and a half against against the Bucs. Yeah, you know, Xander's kind of see it's because it's at New England November. Oh, look at the page of regular November past five years. It's it's been yeah, really good. Even last year yeah. it was good. I I get it. I get it. I get it. I think mean, yeah, a very good chance they win this week. I just think the Titans win close. I, I, I but I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots win this week. No, I wouldn't either. And that line too. That if you look last week, like the look headline, it was like the the Patriots only a point or two favorite. So to go up by four in a week like that's very rare. And I know the Patriots look great in the Texans. I mean, the Titans losing the Texans is not good. Um, but like, yeah, like that that's a bigger number than I thought it would be. But um. Yeah, so like I, I could easily see the Titans covering this game, or I still do think the Titans can win. Um, but my picks this week, I going the Bills Thursday night. I just think the Saints team is so beat up right now, and I just I think the Bills have to win this game. I'm gonna take you know as, I, as we were talking, I'm gonna take the the team that's more healthy right now. Uh, it's playing better. I think Josh Allen tears them up on the ground, and I think they win this. It, I think the Bills go in there, win this game. And then I'm going to take the Rams right now to pick them in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is banged up with his foot. Um, the Packers could be missing two guys on the offensive line. So I think the Rams could get pressured. They've been embarrassed the last two weeks on you know, in the um, primetime games. I can't see I can't see the Rams losing this game. I think Matthew Stafford plays better. Packer being so banged up right now. Um, I think Cooper plays well. And I'm going to take the Rams to knock off. The Packers, and then my last one Monday night, Washington versus Seattle. I see. I, so in the last fifteen games that Russell Wilson has started, he's averaging two hundred fifteen yards passing and a touchdown and a half. That's it. And the only other quarterbacks are doing that is like two attack by Lola and Sam Darnold. So I, I and you know Washington's trying to figure some things out right now. And Colt McCoy tore him up in the air last week. So I, I expect Taylor Heineke to do the same this week. Um, against the Seahawks. It's a team that's reeling. It's a team right now I have no trust in. So I'll take Washington to win as well on Monday night. And a good point by Xander getting back to that Titans uh, Patriots game. AJ Brown, uh, that, that could be very critical. That could obviously be very critical because that's the one thing the Titans have. I feel like the Titans have have a major advantage over the Patriots is their skill guys. You know, Julio Jones, I know he's not as good as he used to be, but he's still better than any receiver the Patriots have. And AJ Brown, that's going to be huge if AJ Brown can't play in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Because then they're down their top two guys. That, or I mean, I mean they they saw Julio Jones, but yeah, not not to have a big playmaker like that um, against the Patriots secondary, who has been playing better. 
since they've kind of switched to man zone coverage and it's kind of what builds figures out by then by now but what his team does best so yeah you know losing aj brown is gonna be huge he already lost derrick henry so yeah it's gonna make you know they may have to really rely on that run game which the patriots have been good stopping if they don't really have a, if aj brown isn't able to go on sunday yeah, we'll see what happens there. That obviously is an interesting game. But we got to get back to Sunday slate, and we got the Bucks traveling to Indy to face the Colts. And I think this should be a really, really – it's going to be a really, really close competitive game. But as I said, this is why the Colts are my best bet. The difference is going to be is is I think uh, – is Vea uh, being – I don't think Vea is going to play, and I don't think – and Evans might not play. So I think this is a close competitive game. But I think Jonathan Taylor is a big day. And I do think that Carson Wentz manages this game. I feel like the Colts are the team that's going to run the football better, which probably ultimately leads to the quarterback making less mistakes. And I think Brady makes that one big – I know Brady's played really well, and the Bucks are still my Super Bowl pick. And this will be the last time I – this is this will – I'm going to promise everyone, this will be the last time I pick against Tampa Bay for the rest of the season. And long as number 12 is back there, this is the last time I pick against Tampa Bay. But I'm going to pick against them here because I really like the way Indy's playing. I think because I do think Wentz, I think you think Brady will make that one mistake if Mike Evans doesn't play. There's just too many unknowns with who will play and who won't play for the Bucs. So I think this is a really close competitive game. But I'm going to go with the Colts in the upset. I got the Colts winning 27-24. But, Justin, can Brady stay hot and keep the Bucs in contention for that number one seed? I think they can. I'm a little pessimistic because the Bucs have been horrible on the road. But I have the Bucs win this game right now, 27-20. Yeah, if some of these injury news comes out, you know, I may – switch to the Colts because I wouldn't try to meet the Colts do win this game, um, especially if Vita Bay is out. But Brady, Brady's been on fire lately, and he always plays his best. He always says it. It's like the season starts after Thanksgiving. It's after, you know, Sunday will be after Thanksgiving. And I can't see him play as bad as he did on the road like he did in Washington, like he did in New Orleans. Um, you know, he still has Godwin. He's, you know, still has Gronk, a, you know, O.J. Howard. Um, as a tight ends, I think, yeah, they may struggle to run the football in this game. They, they, and I think that's, that's the key. Cause that's really what led them to Super Bowl last year. They really got that running game going. I don't, it's going to be tough this week to get it going against a good Colts team, but if they can, I think obviously it was a huge part of why they got to, they won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, you know, I do worry Brady's got to drop back and throw this ball 40, 45 times this week, but I, I think they do enough on the ground in this game. Um, I think their offense I think Brady gets Fred's balls out to to Godwin and um, you now Howard Gronk, and I think they do enough in this game to get the win over the Colts. Um, twenty twenty AFC North matchup in Cincinnati between the Steelers and the Bengals, and I think this is this is going to be the game is going to be a this is going to be a close competitive game. I do think Big Ben has played a little bit better better recently. He definitely has played better, so I do think they move the ball with the Steelers. I think he, he, he gets the ball to uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I think he's able to move the ball. I think they'll struggle to run it because the Bengals are good against the run. But the problem is the Steelers are a different defense without T.J. Watt, and it's clear and it's obvious. You look at the record of the team and the games he hasn't played in, the Steelers have been a total – the Steelers, Steelers have not won a game. He, has, he got hurt midway through that Raiders game. He uh, didn't play the last time against the Bengals. It looks like he's not going to play this week against the Bengals, and he didn't play last week, and the Steelers gave up 41 points. This Steelers defense is a different defense without T.J. Watt. That's why he's a top-five edge rusher in the league. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to go with the team with the more explosive offense. I'm going to go with the team with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and it's crazy I'm picking a team that's coached by Zach Taylor. to be the team that's coached by Mike Tomlin to win twice, but I'm just going to go with the better quarterback right now in the more, in the more explosive offense. And that's why I got the Bengals beating the Steelers 28-20. to 20. But, Justin, can the Steelers bounce back this week and get revenge 
on uh, from week three against the Ravens? It's going to be tough. There's a lot of unknowns. I have the Bengals win this game right now, 23-17. to 17. Like if It sounds like Watson not going to play. I, I definitely think it's a huge difference because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, they they really defensively last week they are horrible. It didn't help either that they had Mika Fitzpatrick was out as well. You know, their best guy in the secondary um, led the league in interceptions like yeah, two years ago. So like that was a big piece that they did not have back there as well. Um, actually um, – Jared, you know, the nice comment there for Steve. Who are one of the most, yeah. Thank you, Jared. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, my man. Thanks for listening. You do a great job on throwing jabs as well. So thanks for listening, my man. Yeah, thanks for listening, Jared. But uh, yeah, in this game, I, I think since he does what, you know, I think without, well, I think with all the questionable guys right now that's out for the Steelers, I just, I have to pick the Bengals. I think they do enough. I think Jamar Chase, you know, Joe Burrow do enough in this game. You know, Pitt, I think I and I would think about this too with Big Ben because he has played better. And because, you know, two years ago when he, you know, towards UCL, you know, he had Tommy John surgery. And I felt like at the end of last year, you know, when he really started to struggle and you couldn't throw deep, like I think he just got tired because that's really what happens to a lot of these major league pitchers after they get Tommy John. Like they just get worn out and their arms kind of, you know, get tired. And he was throwing the ball a lot last year. They couldn't, they couldn't throw the football. So, I think that was a huge part of why they kind of tailed off uh, last year. But I, I just – I can't really see the Steelers win this game with all the question marks right now. I like the Bengals. I thought they came out and played well last week in, in, in Las Vegas. So, I'm going to take the Bengals to win this one again, 23-17. to We got an interconference matchup in Miami. Panthers need this win to you know, stay in the playoff race. The Dolphins, they're trying – I mean, they, they have to pretty much win out to keep their playoff hopes alive. And for this game, I think it's – Really, really close and competitive between these two teams. But I think the difference is going to be is the running game of the of the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey. Miami struggles to stop. There's a great stop in the run. And the pass rush of Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns getting pressure on Tua Tagovailoa. And that's why I think Cam Newton makes less mistakes than Tua. I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to go with the, with the Panthers winning this game close. I got the Panthers winning it 23-20. to 20. But, Justin, can Tua lead the Dolphins to their fourth straight win? I think they will. I get the Dolphins win this one at home 24 to 20. Um, I think, you know, two of protects the football. Yeah, that Panthers pass has been really, really good. Um, I just can't trust a Cam Newton at quarterback. So I know he played all right last week. I'm just still not a big fan of him. I think the Dolphins are really figuring things out. Their defense played a lot better the last few weeks. Um, I know, you know, like I think the Dolphins team's kind of figuring things out. You know, I think Carolina last week gave up 190 yards on the ground. Um, you know, the Pats ran all over him a couple weeks ago. Like, I think, you know, Dolphins get something on the ground with Miles Gaskin, you know, going. I, you know, I know they've been horrible running the football this year, but I think they do enough this week. I think, you know, Tua does enough to protect the football, you know, and I think their defense makes the player two for two to help them out, get them some short fields in this game. And I'm going to take the Dolphins. I really like the way they're playing right now. I know, you know, they beat the Jets last week. I know they beat Titans a couple weeks ago, but they played well against the Ravens a few weeks on that Thursday night a couple weeks ago. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins here 24-20. I think Tua, Tua gets it done. I think he's he's played better. As long as, as, long as he practices the football, I think they win this game. Falcons head down to Jacksonville trying to uh... – Trying to snap their trying to snap their uh, two game losing streak against the Jaguars, and I think again this is a close competitive game. 
but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the QB with a little bit more upside here. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think this is a game where you know Trevor Lawrence. I think I think the biggest difference in this game is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen, the guy from I'm not confusing him with the Bills quarterback, but the guy from the Jaguars. I think he gets pressure on Matt. I think that's going to be the difference. Is the Jaguars get pressure on Matt Ryan? They're uh, the Falcons will be without Calvin Ridley this week, and I do think Trevor Lawrence makes makes um, less mistakes than Matt Ryan in this game. And I think that the pressure is going to be the difference. Josh Allen, I think he's been playing well recently for the Jaguars. He's going to be the difference maker. And that's why I got the Jags Jags winning this game. I got them getting their third win. I got the Jags winning this game 20-17 to 17 over the Falcons. But, Justin, can Matt Ryan help the Falcons snap their losing streak? I don't think so. Yeah, I got the Jags 27-17. to 17. They just have no – if Cordell Patterson does not play, what else do they have besides Kyle Pitts? Like, Russell Gage is going to be your number wide – number one wide receiver. Uh, I just can't see the Falcons doing much offensively. I think the Jaguar, I know last week their defense got put in a tough spot, a couple of turnovers early. They just could not get off the field. But besides that Niners game, I, you know, they start, they, the Jaguars have been starting to play competitive. The Falcons just have no sense of direction. Something we've talked about all year. I just, they can't run the football. They have no weapons right now besides Pitts. And so as long as you keep, keep Kyle Pitts in check, and as you mentioned, Josh Allen and that Jaguar pass rush has, and I think that's been a huge part of why their defense has been playing better the last couple of weeks. I think they get after Matt Ryan and they get a couple couple sacks on them. Again, I bet they force a couple of turnovers as well. And I have the Jags winning this game, twenty seven to twenty. And all those kind of, you know, Urban will Urban even make it through the season? Look like you know the team's starting to play better. The team's starting they didn't to play, play well last week, better. but they played a little. They, they are did. playing a little bit better. I'll give you that. They didn't play well last week, but they've started to play a little better. They worked. They upset the Bills. They were competitive at Indy. They played a little bit better. I think mean, I think Urban Myers earning himself a second year. That's that's the thing. But yeah, I, th- I think I, yeah, I, I, but I do think they bounce back from last week. I do think they win this game. Yeah, yeah, they. they yeah, horrible last week, but yeah. Besides that, the last couple of weeks they they've been better, and you know, um, they figured some things out. And that defense has become a big weapon for them. So yeah, I, I think the Jags win this game on um, Sunday afternoon. Battle of two, battle of two and eight teams down in uh, down in Houston. The the Jets face the Texans, and I think this is a really low scoring game between two terrible teams. But at the end of the day, I'll I'll take I'll take I'll take the team with a little bit more talent. I'll take the Jets nineteen seventeen. Judson, who you got? I had Texans twenty four to seventeen. I like the Texans offense with Tyrod Taylor out there. Uh, you know, I don't know what the Jets are going to do. You know, now that Wilson's back, do they change up their offense again to kind of help Wilson out? I don't know what to kind of expect from the Jets offense this week. I'll take the Texans this week at home. Um, I think Tyrod Taylor plays well enough to get him a win tonight. Think against his poor Jets defense. I think he does enough um, through the air against them. Uh, we got a big matchup in Green Bay between the Rams and the Packers. The issue is the Packers are all banged up, especially in the offensive line. We don't know if Bakhtiari is going to play. Jenkins is going to be out. And really, when you're facing a Rams defense that can get pressure on the quarterback, and they might not have, the Packers might not even have Aaron Jones, so they can't run the ball. Which is the one thing that you know that's what the Niners have done to the Rams for years. That's why they've matched up well with the Rams. I think this game is going to be a really, really – it's going to be – even with Aaron Rodgers, and you know, if it, but the problem with Rodgers is he's banged up too. So the Packers are just so banged up. I mean, but Aaron Rodgers being banged up, you take – still take half of the quarter – more than half the – you probably still take 75% of the quarterbacks. And you probably still take Rodgers over 75% of the quarterbacks in the league not being 100%. Shows you how good Rodgers is. But I just think in this game the pressure of the Rams is going to be an issue. I think Rodgers may make – we don't see Rodgers make mistakes much, but he might make mistakes. And I do think the Rams, you know – control the game on the ground. I do think they do a decent job running the ball. I do think Stafford, again, with the injuries the Packers defense has, make – I don't love Stafford, but I think he makes enough plays in this game. 
for the Rams to win it. And that's why I got the Rams being the Packers 27-20. And, Justin, this was one of your best bets. And why was it one of your best bets? Yeah, I like the Rams because, yeah, as you mentioned, how banged up the Packers are, you know. I forgot Jones may not even play either. Dylan, you know, I like him. He's a, more of a bruising back. Um, yeah, offensive line, they're going to show. Yeah, like that. I think the Rams, too, they're coming off a bye. And they've looked they, – they've got embarrassed the last two weeks, you know, on – on prime time, and I, I don't see any way. I, I see them coming out and playing their A game. I, I think Stafford makes some plays at Cooper Cup. You know, again, he's having an MVP type season. I think that continues against this Packers defense. Yeah, I think they keep Rodgers off the field. He's banged up. So I think Aaron Donald gets after him, and the rest of that pass rush is going to get to him. Uh, and I think the Rams right now. I, I just I don't know. I don't think the Rams anymore are the best team in the NFC. But this is still a really good roster. They have one of the best out there in the league right now. And I think they go on the road this week and, and want to make a statement to the rest of the league that um they, they're still to kind of, you know, they're they're still a threat to the end the rest of the NFC. So I, I got the Rams going on the road this week and winning up and, the Lambo. And Jared, thank you so much for the support again. Thank you for the support again. Uh, all the love no, to you too. Jared. And I hope you and your family have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. So thank you for all the support. Uh, and you've been a huge, you and Xander have been huge on you and Xander and Hector, are probably the three biggest fans of the show. All and we support, and we obviously all the listeners and all, uh, we definitely appreciate you guys. So Jared, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thanks. Thanks for all the support. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you, Jared. I really appreciate um, the kind words there. Um, yeah. Well, enjoy, enjoy, I you know, enjoy listening to your shows as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, really means a lot to us. So yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for always listening there. Um, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well. We'll stick with the four o'clock games and we got a big, big matchup in Santa Clara as the, uh, 40, as the Vikings, the five and five Vikings travel out to Santa Clara to face the Niners. And I think this is going to be a game. You know what the game is going to be close. The Vikings always play close games. I mean, they always play close, exciting games. You know, you probably know this is going to be a close and exciting game. I think, and it will obviously be no different this week. I think the 49ers have a lot of success on the ground, though. I think I think Garoppolo has a good game. I think Kittle has a good game. But I do think that the that the, the Vikings move the ball, too. Justin Jefferson's been a stud. He's a stud, one of the top receivers in the game. He's making Kirk Cousins. Look at Kirk Cousins' numbers. It's not because of how great Kirk Cousins is. It's because of the weapons around him with, with Cousins, with Thielen, and with Dalvin Cook. And I think they'll move the ball in this game. It'll be close and competitive, come right to the end. But I think, the, I think, I think it's the final drive of the game. Garoppolo drives him down for the game-winning field goal. That's why I got the Vikings winning 30 to, I mean, the Niners winning 30 to 27 over the Vikings. But Justin, can Kirk Cousins stay hot and keep the, and, and, and increase the Vikings playoff hopes? There's a chance, but I have the Niners win this game 31 to 27. I root the, and I know this could be a problem, but I know the Niners, the Niners secondary, they love playing in physical. And if the refs let them play, then I think, you know, the Niners could be in good shape against Thielen and, and Jefferson who may, you know, if that's the case, may struggle. Um, they get open, but if they're, you know, because I believe the Niners still lead the league in um, defensive PI penalties, so they play physical with them. I could see, you know, have have them having a rough time trying to get open, you know. But again, I guess part of that they're calling a lot of PIs, and I think they could get in a lot of trouble. But um, I, I think the Niners' defense does enough in this game. You know, again, it's still not great. It's still not that that you know two years ago, but. Um, I think Dalvin Cook can have a big day on the ground if they can get that going. And if they could get get a lead, get like a you know, 10-point lead, two-possession lead against the Niners, then I think they're in great shape because Garoppolo, um, not great when, it, when he kind of falls behind there. So if they can get a lead in this game on the road, I think to be crucial. But 
Um, I think the Niners will do enough to win this game on Sunday. Got an AFC West matchup in Denver. This is a big game for both teams because the Broncos, even though it doesn't seem like it by the way they've been playing recently, trying to get in the playoffs. Chargers are trying to keep up with Kansas City for that lead in the AFC West. And I think the thing in this game is I'm, I'm going to go with the team with the better quarterback. I feel like Justin Herbert's going to have a – even though even though it's it's Denver's a tough place to play, I think he's going to have a good game this week. I think he's going to get the ball to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But I do think the Broncos do move the ball against this Chargers run defense, which has really struggled this year. I think Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams have a good game. But the difference is going to be is Chargers are going to get touchdowns. Broncos are going to get field goals. That ultimately ends up being the difference. That's why I got the Chargers – beating the Broncos 27 to 19, but Justin, can the Broncos running them running game, carry them to an upset win? I think it's very possible because like the Chargers, they just do not really stop their own law at all. Um, and if like, if they can control the clock in this game and possess the ball for like over 30, 35 minutes, they could do it somewhere around there. Then I think they have a great chance. If they can keep Justin Herbert off the field, you know, and, you know, make him come back from behind. I think it's a very good chance in this game because, you know, if they have a lead, Teddy, if the Broncos do have a lead, you know, Teddy's going to protect the football and not make the big mistake. Um, you know, he's usually pretty good at, at that. So um, I think, yeah, the Broncos, I think the Broncos can get a good running game going, but I have the Chargers win this game 28 to 24. I just think the Chargers are a little bit too much for him. Um, and I think they, they, the Chargers will do enough defensively, though. But it wouldn't shock me if the, Char- if the Broncos go for over like 200 rushing yards and-, and win this game. It would not surprise me one bit. Got an AFC North matchup in Baltimore as the Browns travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And here's the thing if you're Kevin Stefanski, you need to sit Baker Mayfield. You need to sit Baker Mayfield. I don't get why you're not. You should You should have sat him. We, you should have sat him weeks ago. He's playing bad. I know Baker Mayfield's not a great quarterback, but he's playing banged up. You need to sit him this week and start Case Keenum. You'll have a because there's not a huge drop off between the two, and you'll have a better chance to win this week. I'm not saying you're going to win. You'll have a better chance to win if you start Case Keenum. I, I think starting Baker Mayfield is going to be a disaster this week. I think it's going to be a disaster. I think the, the Ravens are going to you know do a good job against against the run. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be able to contain Nick Chubb, and, and I think that Mayfield is going to turn over the ball once a couple of times. That's going to and that and the Ravens are going to capitalize on that. And, and in this game, I have this game being a blow because I'm going with the better coach and the and the better quarterback. And I, I think the Browns are making a huge mistake not sitting Baker Mayfield down for a week, resting him for this stretch run. I think this move is going to cost the Browns making the playoffs. I think it definitely is. That's why I got the Ravens winning this week. I got them winning it 31-13 because of the coach and because of the quarterback. It's just that simple. But Justin, can Nick Chubb have a huge game for the Browns to pull the upset? To be tough because the Ravens, that's what they do best. I have the Ravens win this game close 24 to 21. I, I think it's a division game, and I think the Cleveland Browns keep it close amount, but I do agree because Baker's QBR last week was a 9.8 against the Detroit Lions. Like I it that doesn't throw throw up red flags. I don't know what wills because he he looked awful. Uh, you know, I know I'm probably taking a huge gamble if the Browns keeping this thing close, but I in a division game, the Ravens secondary had not been great, and I know the Lions secondary is not great either. But I think, yeah, I think the, the um, you know, I think Chubb will get, I think, you know, Chubb's going to have a tough time getting anything going. I think the Ravens could probably come out and make Baker beat you through the air. I think that's how you have to play it. Um, I know the Ravens love blitzing, and if they do do that, then I, I don't know, one, how Baker has kind of much time to throw the football. You know, I, I could see Baker, you know, Baker's rough time to, you know, 
under pressure. I don't see him making a lot of big plays in this game. I think I think the I think the big thing is Cleveland's defense keeps him in it somehow, but I don't see Chubb having much of a big day at all this week. I think he's gonna struggle, but I still do think the Browns keep it close somehow. Browns do keep it close though in a division game. We'll wrap up talking about the Monday night game and the Seahawks had to land over Maryland to face the Washington football team. And I know the Seahawks have struggled. I know Washington, the Washington football team has played well, but I think it comes down to this. I can't see the Seahawks being three and eight, losing three in a row with Russ with Russell Wilson as the quarterback. And I can't see the Washington football team winning three in a row with Taylor Heineke. I think things are going to add up this week. And that's why I think I think the Seahawks are going to pull the upset because I do think Russell Wilson's going to have a big game. I think he's got a pretty good game against the Washington defense that has played it better of late, but I think struggles without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I think this was the week they struggled. They struggled to cover DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think this is the week that Seattle's offense has a pretty good game. And I think Washington moves the ball, but I just think Russell Wilson makes more plays than Taylor Heineke. And in a close competitive game, I'm going to go with the Seahawks 27-24. But, Justin, can Heineke play well enough to keep Washington in playoff contention? And this was the best. So so why was it? Yeah, I think he does. You know, I think Colt McCoy, again, tore Seattle up through the air last week. And Taylor Heineke's been playing better. I, I've watched him win this game 23 to 16. I just have no faith right now in the Seahawks. I just think it's a mess right now with everything going on. Uh, you know, they have no draft picks either. They paid, you know, they got Jamal Adams. They paid a high price for that. That's really starting to bite them there but from the behind. But I, I think Taylor Heineke plays well. I think he's able to spread the ball out. You know, again, like Cole McCoy, I know Cole McCoy did it a couple weeks ago into the Niners. But, like, it's still Colt McCoy. He's been a journeyman, you know, all of his career. I see Washington kind of do what they want. I can see Antonio Gibson being able to run the football on the ground this week as well, getting it, getting him going. And I just, you know, I can't trust Seattle's offense. So, I think Taylor Heineke does enough to win them this game. And I, I got Washington win on Monday night. All righty. It should be an interesting week 12 in the NFL. But we got change at the top of the college football playoff rankings. But before that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside sweating those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. The college football playoffs are coming, and we got you covered in each game, rankings, and bowl game. Breaking it down at each snap, each week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Joe Aguirre, Chase Garcia, and myself, Ovin Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at overcrestmedia.com and hhwshow.com. It's all four downs, presented by the CMG Sports Podcast Network. All 
All right, we had another week of the rankings for the college football playoff rankings uh, last night, and no, 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 no debate who number one was. That's obviously Georgia, but we had a surprise at number. Not a surprise. I think we kind of expected it, seeing the way the two teams played last week. But Ohio State leaps over Alabama, which I think is right. I think think right now Ohio State's a better team than Alabama. And then at number four, a non, finally a non-power five team gets respect, and Cincinnati. Becomes is number four in the playoff rankings. Uh, and then you got Michigan five, Notre Dame six, uh, Oklahoma seven. And then my biggest issue, and it's been my biggest issue since these rankings came out, why is Oklahoma number 10? Why are they behind one team that has two losses, which I don't get. I don't get why Baylor's number eight with two losses. And then Ole Miss, two teams with two losses. I, Baylor and Ole Miss, you're, they're behind two teams with two losses. I know Oklahoma hasn't played that well this year, but I don't get why they're behind those two teams, that's the one thing I don't get about it. I, I, I understand Ohio State leaving Alabama. I, I, I would have Michigan ahead of Cincinnati, but eventually, but, but eventually whoever wins the wins the, the, the Michigan, Cincinnati was going to, if they went, Cincinnati's probably going to win against East Carolina. So, so they, they're going to, they're, they were going to be in the top four anyway. So I don't mind them being in the top four. Just the thing that bothers me and it doesn't bother me all the time with this committee is the lack of respect for Oklahoma. I know they haven't been impressive this year, but they're a one loss team and they're a team that could very easily beat Oklahoma state twice. The lack of respect for Oklahoma is my problem with the committee. It's been my problem the entire time with the committee this year. Yeah. I'm, I don't mind the Oklahoma one. They, they've looked, they, they look broken. They are absolutely broken out there. And the only thing too, is if you say, they shouldn't be behind the two lost teams. And why is San Antonio ranked 22nd? If that's the case, like, shouldn't San Antonio be in the top 10 then? Yeah, 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 yeah. But come on, come on. San, San Antonio, Texas San Antonio, come on. Look, look at the schedule. They played well all year. I, they played well all year, but come on. It's Texas, it's Texas San Antonio, and they have not played the schedule. that. Oh, I know Oklahoma, but the Big 12 is not great, but they haven't played the schedule Oklahoma's played. Oklahoma should have lost to Kansas. I think that's all you need to know about yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, I you. All right, I got you. I got you there. I got you there. Kansas should have beat them. Yep. And Iowa State should have beat them last week. They just turned the ball over three times and they got a big goal line stand. But I, I was surprised. But, like, you know, Oklahoma probably ranked probably like 13 to Oregon and Michigan State thing and blowing out the way they did. But, like, I guess, you know, like this week, yeah, it wasn't like a huge argument really anywhere because, yeah, Ohio State right now, I think clearly is the second best team in the college football right now. Um, you know, Alabama struggled again and they're you know, they're, you know they, I know two, or last week I know they they blew out New Mexico State, but again that's a horrible team. But you know two weeks ago they struggled in LSU, so um I and they lost his last two in Jordan Hare. Like I thought if Bo Nix was healthy, I really think there's a good shot Auburn was gonna beat them this week. But now you know with him out, I don't think there's any chance they win that game. But yeah, you know I know like five five or would I mean with Ohio State and Michigan, I know that's really gonna the dust. Really going to settle with that this week. You know, Nordane, Oklahoma State. Like, Oklahoma State, I could see them. Um, so, uh, Jason's kind of here. My biggest problem with the rankings is San Diego State being ranked behind Utah. They only have one loss and beat Utah. I get Utah. Oh, but they beat against Oregon. But, yeah, they still have three losses. Again, again, it's the conference they play. And you, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, no, San, you know, but you got a good point. San Diego State did beat them. So, I probably yeah, put San Diego State ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, so, good, good point there. Good point there, Jace. Yo, yeah, they should. Yeah, if head to head matters. Like, well, actually, actually, well, they say now head to head doesn't matter. If you're it, before that Michigan State Michigan game or at the week after, and yeah, you know, Jace comment. Yeah, I'm gonna 
He's a Utah fan too, is saying that. Yeah, yeah, um, and then we know Jace loves his teams too. So if he's saying that, yeah. you know, you know the committee's right. You know the committee yeah. didn't get get that one right. No, absolutely not. That San Diego State, I know they they play a pretty boring brand. They they play like Iowa and Wisconsin. Like they don't blow anybody out, but they they win with offense. They're with their defense and the way they run the football. But yeah, I can see that problem. I just I think San Antonio. They're eleven and all. You should give them a little bit more respect here, but. Yeah, that's just me. I like the little guys. Um, but like, yeah, like Oklahoma State, like, you know, I guess, you know, like, will be interesting. Like, Oklahoma State, if they do beat Oklahoma, do they have a shot there to jump Cincinnati if they beat Baylor? You know, next weekend, that's gonna be, if they that's, beat, you know. yeah, that's going to be so interesting to see what, what happens between Cincinnati. Notre Dame's probably going to only have one loss, and uh, and Cincinnati and Cincinnati, uh, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. That's going to be really interesting to see what happens between those three teams. And that's just and that's assuming that uh, Alabama, if Alabama wins, Alabama and Georgia are in, and then I would say Ohio State wins, they're in. It would really be those three teams for for that for that fourth spot. It would really it would be those two. Yeah, it'd be those it'd pretty much be those those three teams for that fourth spot. And uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see who you would put in outside of those teams. I think you would have to put. You de- I think you definitely would have to put Cincinnati in because I think you, I think Notre Dame's below those teams. I would think I think you would put Oklahoma. It would be really between between Oklahoma State and Cincinnati because uh, Notre Notre Dame lost, so they're out. So it would be between between Oklahoma State and Cincinnati, and that's tough. A, a Big Twelve champion against an undefeated team. That's a really tough call if that ends up happening. Yeah, and I think it wouldn't shock me to see Oklahoma State get beat them out because they beat a top 10 team this week in Oklahoma. And if Baylor takes care of business, you're going to beat Baylor who's in the top 10. And that's, that's yeah. the one team that they lost to. So they got the revenge game. So no, they lost, they lost to Iowa shocked. state. That would be, that, that'd be their, that'd be their second. That'd be their second win against Baylor too. If they beat Baylor, that'd be their second win against Baylor. Cause they lost to Iowa state. I think. Oh yeah. They, yes. My bad. Yes. They did beat Baylor. Yeah. They beat Baylor. Yeah. They're one loss to Iowa state. So yeah, they beat a top 10 team twice. So it, it wouldn't shock me, especially they, I think they could beat Oklahoma by two possessions this weekend. You know, and I know Mike Gundy's has really showed, but like, you know, they beat Kansas State when they were ranked number 25. I know, but like, and Baylor was, you know, was ranked. Even Texas was ranked when they beat them. So, you know, it'd be their, their fourth win against a ranked team, you know, and they'd have a chance again next week. So, yeah, like I, I would not be surprised to see them jump Cincinnati here. You know, and I wouldn't even shock to Nordane if Oklahoma State does go down. I wouldn't even shock to see Nordane jump Cincinnati because Nordane's been rolling, and I think they, they, they can't jump. No, no, no. I would have a, I would I have, have a problem. I, I would I would have a real problem with that. I have a Absolutely. real problem with Notre Dame because Cincinnati beat them on the field, and if they stay undefeated, they would only. And I'm not a huge. I'm, you're more of a mid mate. You're more of a non powered five guy than I am. But I would say if if Cincinnati beat them at Notre Dame, that would make no sense if Notre Dame leaves Cincinnati. In my opinion, that would make absolutely no sense. It wouldn't, but we saw Michigan do that to Michigan State a couple weeks ago. I know. Down the head, head. But they, really but they, but they both had one loss. That was the difference. They both had one loss. But I guess I get your point. Yeah, Notre Dame and since, yeah. but Notre Dame and Cincinnati. I do get your point there. They probably don't look at them equally, seeing that Cincinnati plays in the AAC. So yeah, you never know. There's really two scenarios. Because I'm assuming that Ohio State. I know they have a big, they have a lot of big games this week, but I think they're going to win the Big Ten. And Georgia. They're going to get in regardless of what happens. So that's so that's two teams that are in. The biggest thing is, and Cincinnati's definitely got to be rooting for Georgia. Cincinnati's definitely got to be rooting for Georgia to beat uh to beat Alabama because if they go undefeated and Georgia beats Alabama, they're pretty much in. They're probably going to get into that number three spot, 
And then it's pretty much going to be down to, you know, a two-loss Alabama team, Notre Dame or Oklahoma State, say say those teams went out, it would be down to those three teams. So if you're Cincinnati, you definitely want Alabama to win because that's because that uh that, Georgia, that yeah. second scenario, Georgia. if 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 Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama's in, uh, Georgia's in, and then Ohio State's probably in, and then it cup for for Cincinnati, it pretty much comes down to uh, it Oops, pretty much comes down to you know no, no, Notre Dame, them, and Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, Cincinnati, I think their FBI prediction right now is, like, 91% to get in. Like, they, again, like, they're knocking on the doorstep. But, like, yeah, like, there's, you know, the problem. Now, the nice thing is Cincinnati, you know, I mean, Houston should beat UConn, even though the last time Houston was ranked when they came to Rensselaer. And, you know. Yeah, but but, but, but we yeah, all know who time. didn't play in that game. Who didn't play in that game, though, that Houston didn't who have? That, that, who, who didn't play in that game? Oh, yeah, Greg um, Ward didn't play in that game. Yeah, Greg Ward didn't Greg play Ward, in yeah. that game. And that was and, – and let's be honest – that was the best UConn football season since since the Fiesta Bowl. That 2015 season, they they went they went to a bowl game that year. They went six and seven. Yeah. So that was the best UConn football season since they went to the Fiesta Bowl. So there is no shot that Houston that UConn even comes close to Houston. No, probably not. Yeah, the, oh, yeah no, UConn not, probably not. No, probably, there's probably no, not. There's there's no shot. There's no shot. No, no, there's not. They probably have like a two percent chance or something. Probably probably less than that, but. That's the year too. You got at six defensive guys drafted. You know, that the yeah, yep. defense was nasty. Um, yep. But yeah, going back, so like I guess Cincinnati's got one more opportunity to be the top twenty-five team. But yeah, what is the committee value? Big Twelve champion that knocked off Baylor twice that they seem very highly of, or is it an unde- undefeated ranked um, team on the American in Cincinnati? I I think you know obviously I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I just think Cincinnati deserves to get that spot. But again, we've seen it happen where they don't really you know where they make up their own rules and they change the criteria week to week so it wouldn't stun me um but like yeah like i ignored the way they've been playing i wouldn't be shocked to see them jump but again i know i, I think they need real chaos to happen but wouldn't totally be shocked but yeah um i think right now because yeah I, i'm with you i think michigan loses this week so i think we could throw michigan out of the picture but yeah like it, it'll be very interesting what they do with Oak State, Notre Dame, assuming they win, you know, I guess even Oklahoma State, assuming they win, and then Cincinnati as well. Um, yeah, who gets those last few spots there? Yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see what happens. But we got to get to the game. It's rivalry week, and why not start with the big game, the, the the game in Ann Arbor between Michigan and Ohio State? This is a playoff game. This is a playoff game. The winners, the winner is in the Big Ten championship game. The loser, their college football playoff hopes are over. And in this game. I know Michigan's at home, so I think they stay in it early. Maybe Hutchinson gets some pressure on Stroud early, so maybe they stay in it early. But eventually, I think Ohio State's offense is going to be too much. I think C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, that offense is too much. Michigan likes to run the football. They're not as explosive. I think they might have success doing it, but eventually they're going to kick field goals. They're not going to score as many touchdowns at Ohio State. C.J. Stroud is better than Cade McNamara. I think I think it'll be competitive for a half, but I think Ohio State pulls away, you know, Maybe, but maybe, maybe you know, it'd be better for maybe two and a half quarters. But I think Ohio State pulls away late third quarter and wins by two scores. I got Ohio State winning the Big Ten East, uh, getting to the Big Ten championship game, winning thirty-five to twenty. But can Jim Harbaugh finally do it? We saw it in two thousand sixteen. He lost a close one. Had a chance to get to the Big Ten championship game, lost. We saw it in two thousand and eighteen. Lost, lost, got blown out by Ohio State. Can Jim Harbaugh finally get over the hump and beat Ohio State? No, I don't think so. I got 38 to 24. Buckeyes win this game. Michigan's got to score in the red zone, and I don't feel very confident that they can do that. We saw that Michigan State game. 
They weren't able to do that. And talk about the Michigan State game. Michigan State had a lot of explosive plays. And Michigan State's a good offense, but it's nothing compared to what Ohio State's offense is. And I think that's the issue. If they, they struggle to slow down that offense, I don't know how they're going to slow down this this one. Um, I don't CJ Stroud right now, he's in a groove. They're playing really well. Wilson Olave, um, you know, we have big games with three backs that they have in that running game. The problem is, too, is the way I think Michigan, like, I think this game could be close, but like, you, Michigan has to score points. Like, Michigan's not going to win this game 20 to 17. They have to score this game. They have to get in the 30s. And I just don't see them doing that. They don't, they're not explosive enough offensively. I don't think to make enough big plays to keep up with this Ohio State team. And I think that's the issue. Um, they don't really have a ton of explosive. Ronnie Bell was supposed to be that guy, but he got hurt week one. But I just, you know, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson could do be enough of a game record. Um, we saw really Oregon was really the only team that got any sort of pressure on this team, and that was back in week two. We really haven't seen them be tested too much since. This is going to be one of the probably the second best one they faced all year. But I think I don't see how Ohio State really loses this game. I just think they're just they're just too explosive for the Wolverines. I just I don't they can't keep up with them offensively. Yeah, and I said it last week. Ohio State's got the most explosive offense in the country, and that's looking to be true. That's just looking yeah. to be true. They got the most explosive offense in the country, and I think you know I think it'll be a closer game than last week. But just it just it's just it's just it, Ohio State's got got more talent. Ohio State just has the more talented team than Michigan. It's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. They do. You got two of the best wide receivers in the, in the country in Wilson Olave. You have three of the best running backs, Teague Williams and Henderson. Back there, and then CJ Stroud, the freshman, if they, you know, he still has a couple more years left. So, yeah, that offense, there's so many pieces. Um, and most of those guys are so young, and I think, you know, they're probably going to lose both Wilson Olave to the draft. But again, like they have Marvin Harrison's kids, was a four star. He's been playing some mop dude. Like, they'll probably be one of their top wide receivers next year. Um, he's played well, like in the mop. So, like, you know, Ohio State's always going to have guys to kind of fill those voids that they lose. So, yeah, this, this offense, um, this is, you know, like if they do face Georgia, it's going to be – I again, I'm hoping for Ohio State-Georgia in the National Championship game because that offense versus, you know, Georgia's defense is going to be so fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see if we get that in the coming weeks. But we got another huge rivalry game, another playoff game in my opinion. As you got number seven, you got number 10 Oklahoma heading to Stillwater to face number seven Oklahoma State. And – I think this is another close, close competitive game between these two teams. But I think it's I think it's actually going to be – it's weird for the Big 12 because Oklahoma State's defense is really good. they got the best defense, obviously, in the Big 12. So this is going to be a close competitive game. But this might surprise you. I'm going to go with the team with the better coach and more experience. I'm going to go with the Sooners. I'm going to go with the Sooners, and I think we get a rematch. I think we get a rematch at AT&T Stadium next week. I'm going with the Sooners. I'm going with Oklahoma – to go in Oklahoma State and pull the upset, and in my opinion, keep their college football playoff hopes alive. I think it's a really close game, but I think they pull the upset. But, Justin, can Mike Gundy end the Oklahoma Sooners season in Stillwater on Saturday night? I think they do. I think Oklahoma's too broken. I got the Cowboys 27-17. to 17. Uh, Wow. I, like, no. <laughs> Hector. Uh, no. No. I assume that's who I think um, he might be mean. I think he might be doing that meeting mm-hmm. Oklahoma. I don't know what he means yeah. for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, but I think he means it for Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma I think Oklahoma. so too. Uh, yeah, no, he does because he wants um. Yeah, Oklahoma State because then Baylor. If Baylor oh, yeah, wins, ba- yeah, Baylor's we'll get to that game. Yes, we'll get to that game. Yeah, we're gonna get to that game yeah, next. So, yeah. 
that's why. So he's a big Cowboys fan this weekend. So I just think o- Oklahoma could they they ran the ball. They had over 200 rushing yards, but they both quarterbacks last week struggled again to throw the football. And Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, is up for the uh, Browse Award for the best offensive um, or best assistant coach in the country. I don't think there's any chance he does not win that award. He's been on his defense has been unbelievable. You know, they've given up one defense touchdown in the last four games in the Big 12, which is impressive. I don't see Oklahoma. Oklahoma just looks so broken offensively. I don't know how you could fix it against this, this Cowboy team, even though I know Mike Gundy is 2 and 16 versus the Cowboy or against the Sooners. But this, this is a different Oklahoma team. This is not the Oklahoma team we're used to seeing. And I think Oklahoma State's defense is too good for him. I, I'm going with the Cowboys to win by two scores. I know it's risky, and he's kind of been, you know, it's been tough for Gundy to beat, win this series, but I can't pick Oklahoma right now. They just, they're just not a very good offensive football team right now. You say their offense is broken, but I would take Caleb Williams over Sanders. I would personally, yes, I would take I would. Caleb Williams over Sanders. Oh, I absolutely would too. Sanders is horrific. I just, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know if it's confidence. I think you probably, I don't know. You probably think that you probably think that Oklahoma State is at home and they have the better defense, and that probably will be the. That's what you're probably thinking. That's probably going to be the difference. Yeah, that is. I, I don't think it's. I don't think Sanders is gonna. I think Sanders plays well enough. Like I just, I don't think Caleb uh, Williams or, or if it's Rattler, I don't think they play well enough. I just, I think some of his, you know, wider. I. Don't know if it's play calling. I think they've been getting a running game going. I just it seems like for a few weeks Oklahoma kind of fixed everything, and now it's just it's back to what it was. I I don't really know what the issue is. It's 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 odd because I think they have the weapons, they have the running backs, they're off of the lines and playing better. It just they just can't put it together. I just I part of me thinks it's a confidence thing after Williams struggled um, against Baylor. I. You know, that's, I think, part of it. And Rattler, I think, is probably coming in trying to do too much. And that hasn't really worked either. But, yeah, I would take either one. of. The, I'd probably even take Rattler over Spencer Sanders as, as well. Yeah, we'll cool. see, though. It should be, a, should be a close competitive game. You like, the, you like the Cowboys. I like the Sooners. Should be very interesting Saturday night in Stillwater. But we got to move on to Hector's team. That's the Baylor Bears, who are trying to get a spot in the – in the Big 12 championship game, and if they beat Texas Tech and Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, they get that spot in the big in, in the in the championship game as Texas Tech faces Baylor. And I and I think uh, I think I think Baylor wins this game. They win it, they win it by a couple scores, and they're and they're watching Saturday night, being big Oklahoma State fans. Yeah, absolutely. I get the Baylor Bears doubling up the Red Raiders, 34-17. Um, I think the Baylor Bears run all over them. Texas Tech's rush defense is horrific. Um, they're one of the worst in the country. I think Baylor does whatever they want. I think Gary Boheen makes enough plays when he does have to make a play through the air when they do pass the ball. He does enough. Um, you know, Texas Tech is on their third-street quarterback. Actually, Hector, Tommy, uh, they're undefeated at home as well. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think that's another huge factor in this game. It's a seems like a great home crowd. You know, hopefully Dave Aranda stays because it's, you know, it's, everybody's built, you know, what um, – when Matt Rule built there and he left, and then you know now Dave Aranda now it sounds like LSU's probably pounding at the door for him. So hopefully Dave Aranda is able, you know, guys, he's able to stick around here and build something. Especially, they could be the new class of the Big Twelve when Oklahoma Texas leave. They they could be kind of the class of the set at the football level. So even basketball as well, they're gonna be right there. So they built a couple of really good programs. Baylor, I think they take care of business, and I think you know they go to the uh, Big Twelve championship game next weekend. 
oh, yeah, you got you got Oklahoma State Baylor. I got Oklahoma State Oklahoma. But we'll talk about the number one team in the country as they play their. I know we wouldn't talk about this. It wasn't a rivalry game, but they play their their rival Georgia Tech. I think it's a blowout. I think they win it by five. They win it by thirty or forty points. Georgia Tech's absolutely terrible. And right now, obviously, Georgia is the best team in the country. Yeah, I get Georgia thirty-eight to three. Um, you know, Georgia Tech last week lost fifty-five nothing Notre Dame. They can't throw the football either. Georgia Tech, that's the thing. They're kind of more run-heavy team. Kind of run some like spread option stuff. That ain't really gonna work against this Georgia front seven linebacker. You know how good this defense is. That ain't working against this team. So I don't see Georgia Tech moving the ball at all. I think Georgia blows them out. They do whatever they want and they get ready to go to Atlanta next week. We got an interesting game in the ACC. Wake Forest is trying to punch their ticket to the ACC championship game. They head to Boston College to play BC, who is right now bowl eligible. Uh, so we got Wake and BC, but I think Sam Hartman plays really well, and I think Wake gets to the ACC title game to play Pittsburgh next week. I think Wake beats BC close. Yeah, I think Wake pull, finds a way to win this one, at, you know, um, at, or on the road at Chestnut Hill. You know, they um, – yeah, BC's bowl eligible. Their quarterback came back, um, Phil Jakovic, a couple weeks ago. But I don't, um, you know, I can't, I can't see Wake Forest losing this game. I know last week they got steamrolled up in um, Clemson, but again, that Clemson's starting to play a lot better recently, the last few weeks. So Clemson's starting to kind of return to some state of normalcy. But yeah, I think with the division on the line, I don't, I, I have to. Um, I think Wake Forest doesn't know. I think Sam Hartman plays well. In this game, I think he spreads the ball around. BC's offense is is all right. It's been better with um, Jakovic back, but still, it's not really enough in this game. It won't be enough to knock off um, Sam Hartman in the team of Deacons. Uh, we got the Iron Bowl this week. We see Bo Nix. I was reading something how he was criticizing the officiating in the SEC or oh, something. That doesn't bring that up. Yeah. Yep. Is, is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is he out? Bo Nix broke his ankle. He's done. Oh, he's done. He's done. Okay, so he's yeah. out. Uh, so that's but, but so that's why I think uh, Alabama wins this game, and I think they they're obviously going to play uh, they're going to play they're going to play Georgia next week. But I think they keep their college football playoff hopes alive. I think they win this game by uh, uh, thirty points. I think they win this game by three or four uh, by by four or five scores. I got Alabama big in the Iron Bowl over Auburn. I had Bama thirty four seventeen. Yes, he was making comments um, of how Alabama gets call gets gets some. Um, a call from officiating in close games in big, I mean, in big games. So that's probably the last thing you want to say against Alabama because they even probably brought up the like Bryce Young and he kind of was like, well, you know, you can kind of say what he wants there, but let it get just more motivated. It's just more fuel to the fire that you don't want to give Bama. Auburn's won the last two at home. If Bonex played, I think the Auburn had a very good shot to win this game because I, right now, Alabama really, you know, Really struggling defensively against the pass. TJ Finley's the L, the LSU transfer starting for Auburn. They played okay against South Carolina last week. They moved the ball pretty well. They didn't really turn it over. They just were not able to get many points. So um I have the I have Alabama wins again 34-17. I think it'll be tough. I, I think Alabama played much better defensively this week. I think Bryce Young does whatever he wants. Auburn's second year at time looks pretty good, and at other times it doesn't look great. I think this week they're going to struggle. Bryce Young absolutely torched Arkansas through the air last week. I think he plays another good game this week on the road down the Plains. Yes. Uh, we got a Big 12 matchup in Corvallis as Oregon faces – or, or there it's in uh, Eugene, 
Uh, the game's in Eugene, it looks like. Yeah, Eugene. Jay says it in Eugene. It's in Eugene. It's Oregon plays Oregon State. And and correct me, Jason, Justin, Oregon State has a chance to uh to to go to the big to the Pac-12 championship game if they win, right? If if they win because they because they have three losses and Oregon has two, so if they beat them, they would have a chance to get in. But I think there's another team that's I, like right right with them. Yes, it's Washington State. So I believe Jason backed me up on this, but I believe so. If Oregon if Oregon wins, they're in automatically. If Oregon State wins and Washington beats Washington State, then um, Oregon State's Oregon in. Oregon State's and then, in. Okay, gotcha. And then if yeah, Washington and then, State wins, and it's a three-way tie, but Oregon would probably get in, right? Yeah, so be yeah, be a three-way tie, um, and Oregon would get in. Um, or me, yeah, two-way tie, Oregon would get in. Um, and then, yeah, so, yeah, because Washington State can get in if – Washington State could get in if they win. And no, actually, I think Washington State's eliminated. They're probably eliminated. It's, pro- I, it's probably I mean, what I'm guessing is if Oregon, if, if, or, if Oregon wins, they're in, and then Oregon State would need Washington State to lose, and then they would have to win. So that's probably how it goes. And then yeah. if Washington State wins and Oregon State wins, uh, Oregon gets in. It says it really doesn't matter. Oregon is going to win. After, I think they will uh, too, but. Yeah, yeah, they, they, and and listen, they, I think they're going to win too. I think they're going to win it by two scores, and they're going to bounce back. Justin, does Oregon State have any chance to pull the upset? No, Jamar Jefferson last year though ran for two hundred twenty-six rushing yards against them and torched them. And Utah did whatever they want up at the line of scrimmage last week against them, but it's a revenge game for the Ducks that kind of ruined them last year. Um, their hopes last year. I think the Ducks bounce back. The Beavers have really struggled on the road. They're one and four. I think the Ducks win this game, thirty-four to twenty-four. I think they bounce back and. They do end up going to the Pac-12 championship game next week and probably will have a rematch with Utah next week. Or actually, de- definitely gotcha. will because Utah did clinch last week. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see Oregon and Utah. I know it won't matter for the college football playoff, but it'll be interesting to see them have that rematch next week. And Rose Bowl. Uh, we'll go to the, for the Rose Bowl. Yeah, for the Rose Bowl. I mean, it's not as big as it used to be, but still still, no. still has some significance to it. It'll probably, no. be the, probably the Rose Bowl will probably be the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game and then the winner yeah. of the Pac-12 championship game. That'll probably be what the Rose Bowl is this year. Yeah, no, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think Michigan State – I think even with a loss, Michigan's not going behind Michigan State. So, yeah, absolutely. It's right, yeah. Um, probably loser this week's game at, at, up in uh, Ann Arbor and whoever wins back 12 next week. Gotcha, gotcha. Big game, big, pretty big, pretty sneaky big game in the Big Ten as uh, Wisconsin travels to Minnesota for Paul Bunyan's axe uh, this week. And uh, I think they're probably – they're, they're, they're probably still there's a chance they could all could wind up in a three-way tie, right? Iowa could have three losses, Wisconsin could have three losses, and Minnesota could have three losses. But one thing we do know is if Wisconsin wins, they are the champion of the of the Big Ten West. So and I do think they win this game. I think they run the ball, they've been playing really well recently. They run the ball, they get pressure on Tanner Morgan, force him to make mistakes. I got Wisconsin by two scores. Yeah, I got Wisconsin win this game. I need to be close with both defenses, but I, I got the Badgers 21-17. Um Tanner Morgan's played better the last two weeks. He's taking care of the football. He's got to do that this week. Um, big news out of the Gophers, too, today. Mohamed um, Ibrahim, the running back who got hurt opening week, did announce he's, he'll be back next year up in Minnesota. So big news to the Gophers. They have him back in the backfield next year healthy. Um, but I, I still think Wisconsin with this game. Brandon Allen, since, coming over, since being the starting running back, is just a beast. He's the next Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon, running, great Wisconsin running back. He's going to punch his name in there. Um, eventually, he's been great. I think the last four or five weeks, he's been over 100 yards. So I got the Badgers in this one this week or this this Saturday for the poll. Bunny Nash and the Badgers probably get a shot to face. 
probably going to be Ohio State next weekend up in uh, Indianapolis. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so we'll talk about the other Big Ten game on Friday. And Iowa will have to win to get it, to have a chance to play, you know, Wisconsin in that in that game. To, to have a chance, and then they would need Wisconsin to lose to win the big to big to win the Big Ten East. And on Friday, I think this is a close competitive game between these two teams. But I'm going to. But Scott Frost has lost these games all year. I think it's a close game that Scott Frost loses. That's why I got Iowa winning again. Yeah, I got Iowa 23 to 10. Adrian Martinez. If Adrian Martinez in a play, I. Skittishly probably take Nebraska. Nebraska's probably the best 3-18 in the country. They're, they're um, point differential. They're plus 70 in scoring margin this year. Plus 70, and they're 3-8. and eight. It tells you a lot. They, Nebraska just cannot find ways to win games. They find a way to lose games. So with Martinez out, it's going to be Logan Smothers. He's expected going to be his first start. And having your first start go against a very talented Iowa defense. I think he's in a struggle. Iowa state, I was forced 26 turnovers this year. I think they forced a couple in this game. I think Nebraska has a tough time moving the football in this game. I got the Hawkeyes win this game 23 to 10. I think they get three, four turnovers and you know, they, they do whatever they want off of, off of the turnovers. Last game of there's another Friday game. It's the three 30 game Cincinnati going to ECU. I think Cincinnati, stays in the top in the top four and wins this game big yeah i guess Cincinnati winning by two scores 34 to 20 um holden ellers the big big arm quarterback for ecu they can move the football you know this is an offense they can move the football they've they've turned the ball over 20 times though and Cincinnati's forced the most turnovers in the country with 29 um you know ecu's really struggled against a run and i think that's i think jeremiah ford's gonna have a big day on the ground I think ECU keeps us close because they can move the ball. But defensively, I don't think they're going to be able to hang with the Bearcats. And big news, too, it sounds like reportedly um, from reading a couple of sources that Luke Fickle has notified his recruits that he's going to be staying in Cincinnati um, and he'll oh, be the coach nice. next year. And I know his That's kids. Big. That's com- huge. Yeah. I know his kids commit That's to huge. play Cincinnati next year as well. So I bet that's a big part. But. Um, yeah, so it's, it really sounds all signs kind of point right now that Luke Fickle will be be around. So yeah, big big news here for the uh, Bearcats. So, and I think they they follow that up with a big one. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. So we had a big night in college basketball last night. Obviously, Dickie V was back behind the mic. Great moment there, and we'll talk about that next and the big matchup in college basketball next. But before that, we got a promo from Forbes Media. So Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do.
Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. We had a big night in college basketball last night. Before we get to the games, though, we got to get to that moment with Dickie V before the game with Dave O'Brien. He was in tears. I mean, it's amazing. He was back, you know, be, calling a game last night, you know, in tears before that game. It's ama- amazing to see Dickie V back. I mean, he's a legend. There's no person, in my opinion, that loves co- that has more passion for college basketball than Dickie V. So, great, great moment for, Dick, for Dickie V. It's a great moment for Dickie V right there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't really have – you don't have college basketball without Dickie V there, you know, being on the sidelines, calling the game. Um, he's done all the big games since he's been at what ESPN since, like, 1980s. Like, he's been there forever. So, he's done all the big games. And, yeah, you don't have college basketball without him. It was a very emotional moment, I know. Um, you know, he's really happy to be there, obviously, to be able to call that game. Um, the great fan, yeah, you know, they're, they're – you summed it up, you know, there's not one person out there that loves college basketball more than DV does. Absolutely, absolutely. So we had a big game last night, the number one team against the number two team, and it wasn't much of a game as Gonzaga crushed UCLA 83 to 63. And the big question is, is, is Gonzaga by far the best team in the country at this point in the season? I think they are. Um, I, you know, we'll find out again. They play Duke Friday night, so we'll get another good test of them. Um, I think the only thing the Zags miss this year is that they don't have a guard. Like a, they, the, the only thing they're really missing is that guard, like a Jalen Suggs. But like their other guards that they have right now are, you know, they, they're still pretty good guard. Nibrahim has played well. Uh, you know, Bolton's been good. So like they, they, you know, again, and with Chet Holgram with, with his size at seven foot, again, he's gonna, I think he's gonna be the next um, Jokic type, you know, seven foot ball handler. Imagine if he gets some muscle. Imagine if he gets some yeah. muscle. He's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he will. Um, maybe not by the, like, the end of this year, by the time he enters the league, but I think he will at some point. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to put on some muscle. Obviously, you got Drew Timmy. Like, I just think down low, there's not too many teams that are going to be able to stop him again. I Even if Cody Riley even played last night for UCLA, like, it may have been a little bit closer, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that. You know, it, they, I don't think UCLA still would have won that game. Um, so, but yeah, like Neymar has been good. You know, I, I just think they do miss that Jalen Suggs at, you know, the top five kind of guard pick, guard. But I, I think right now they've they blown out Texas as well. Um, you know, so I, I think right now Gonzaga is right now clearly the number one team in the country. And UCLA, are they overrated? Should they be, should have they been the second, uh, the, the number two team in the country because I know they, they, they a lot of guys are back. I mean that Tyre yeah. Campbell guy's back, Ju, Josie Juzang he's back, uh, Jules Bernard they have a lot of guys back. But should should they be the number two team in the country right now? No, I and I, I thought they were rated the minute you know um, like the rankings came out. I saw their second. I think they're a fringe top ten, fringe. You know, yeah, I know. And they, Corey they did beat Villanova, but they did beat him at yeah. home, right? Yeah, and, and Nova like, was yeah. Over Nova was up ten, and then with five minutes left, um, 
Mick Cronin figured out, oh, wow, they, they have no post presence, and they started just taking it to the hole um, against Nova because Eric Dickerson's out Dickens, Dickens out there at six foot eight, and they couldn't he couldn't really contest a shot shot and down low. So they were down ten with five minutes left, and they won on OT. Um, and then they were, and then they forced Nova to start driving as well. It um, they had there was a bunch of blocks. You know, you see, like contested a bunch of shots in that game as well. So yeah, they won that game, but they, you know, they were getting, you know, not dominated, but they were about trailing most of that game. Um, but yeah, like you know, you see, I think Cody Ride makes them better for that down low post presence, but. Um, you said I thought they were in top ten again because it's like where 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 are they ranked if they did not if they lost in the first four? I think that's the big, big thing. Like where would they be? They would not be number two in the car because they got hot. Now last week they had some open looks. They just didn't fall. But I, I do think the team was a little bit overrated. It's a team that again it was a first four team last year. Like it you know they they just got hot in a couple weeks of March and they they took off and ran with it. It's a good team, but I don't they, I don't think they're the second best team in the country. We know they're playing right now, and I know you're probably watching right yeah, now. Uh, you, yeah, yeah we, we know they're at the Battle of Atlantis. Obviously, UConn started 4-0 but really didn't play anyone. This is the first real team they're playing, uh, Auburn, right now. And I know it's I know the game has started, but what's your thoughts about this game against Auburn? What does UConn have to do to beat this? I know Auburn's number 19 in the country, but what does UConn have to do to beat this Auburn team today? Well, they need to not turn the ball over because they already have six <laughs> point, They already have six turnovers wow. seven minutes in. Um, yeah. Very sloppy. Martin just left the game. Looks like with a wrist injury. Hopefully he can come back. But is this nine to six? Twelve to six. Twelve to six. Um, okay. Yeah. So now it goes three for four. A- that's he's like the only guy that's really taken a shot in this yeah. game so far. Um, I thought they match up well with Auburn because Auburn's a team. They're gonna, you know, they wanted to play fast too. Good offensive or good defensive team. They've really struggled to score because their best player, Adrian um, Flanagan's hurt probably to the end of December. He'll probably be back right around conference play. He's a uh, good lefty guard at six foot six that averaged 14 points a game. Like he's pretty good. I think you kind of match up well. You know, like I think Sanago is to be able to dominate um Walker Kessler in this game, the North Carolina transfer, because he's really struggled. Um and he's just he's not he's not physically built like Sanago is. So I hope they continue to get the ball to him. But like I, I really thought UConn was coming in here being the better team. But right now, I, I do not like what I've seen so far. Just sloppy. So, how do you think UConn's going to do in this tournament? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams. I mean, your 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 boy got beat today. Peter Porter Mojer got beat by Michigan State Club. No, he's uh, gone. He's at OU now. He's at oh, OU got it. Sorry, my bad, my bad. But yeah. your your Loyola team got beat. You know, by by tough two. One. Uh, yeah. Tough one for them. And then you look at this tournament. They got a uh, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan, no, I mean, obviously Michigan State won that game, but you got Syracuse, and they got the defending champions, Baylor, in this tournament. How do you feel like UConn's going to do in this tournament? Because I think, for, and for me, this is going to be a good measuring stick to see where they're at right now. Yeah, it is. And I, I think coming in, I thought they're the second best team coming to this tournament. I think they are a little bit better than Auburn. Right now, they're not playing like it, but I, you know, if they can overcome it, I think they are the second best team coming to this tournament. Lyola, I was actually coached by Drew Valentine, the former, uh, or the brother of Denzel Valentine. So oh, wow. he's like 32. He's young. He's one of the young, yeah, probably one of the youngest head coaches in history. But um, you know, I, you know, in this game, like I think Baylor's only team that's really better than them in this. I Baylor not as good as lap, but like they still have Adam Flaggers is going to come back from injury. James Acuno, 
Uh, former UConn commits played really. He's averaging like ten and eight in this turn, or, you know, so far early on this year. Like I, I think Baylor is really the only team that I would say every team that's good, you know, it's good. I think VCU is really the only exception. They've lost two of their top three scores already hurt. They they ranked three hundred fifty seven points per game so far, only behind IUPUI so far. Um, and Wendell Green just hit a shot from the half court. Um, he's got eleven points. Oh yeah, he's that's a heat trade twenty one to ten. Um, wow. Wow, this not, is good, ugly. not good. Yeah. No, it's all uh, Auburn. Auburn did not shoot the ball because I saw him play South Florida the other night. They they struggled to score the ball at South Florida. They got fifty eight points. They could not shoot. They were down ten in the second half. They were able to come back with a bit. You know, they kind of forced some turnovers. So I didn't really like what I saw from Auburn the other night. But they look a lot better. They're shooting the ball. You know, they really have they they struggled in South Florida. They're only really okay team they faced. But um, yeah, I, I you know, but um. I guess kind of taught me a little bit. The other teams, like I think, you know, Baylor's right now was the only kind of really other team that I thought really has a good shot to beat them. Syracuse with that zone um, really showed the other night against Colgate. They gave up 100 points. He's actually, it started when the guy's got the ball up top, it's like a 4 1 now. Like he brings the two wing guys up top to wow. try to even set that, to make yeah. sure you don't get beat by the three, but really yeah. didn't work. So, I thought UConn was the second best team coming in this tournament, but it does not look good at all. And, you know, at, at the moment, Tanaga's got all 10 points and, you know, um, just, it just seems sloppy of what I've seen so far. Just, it just doesn't, it, it like Saturday, Saturday, they were sloppy. Their defense was not good. Um, you know, Binghamton kind of beat some guys off the dribble on, on Saturday afternoon and it didn't look good. So, I'm kind of seeing that performance in Auburn right now. Tend to take advantage of it because they're they're lighting it up right now. Yeah, it's looking like it. So we got the Maui final tonight, and uh, that's between uh, Wisconsin and St. Mary's. Wisconsin upset Houston last night, and the had St. Mary's beat Oregon. What are, what are we going to expect in the Maui final? And who do you think wins it? I'm actually going with St. Mary's. I'm with the upset here. Um, I I like St. Mary's. The, the West Coast Conference this year. Gonzaga's undefeated, so St. Mary's undefeated, so BYU looks phenomenal. Santa Clara's undefeated, and they already have a couple of nights. Like, the West Coast this year may – I think they're definitely going to be at least three-bit league this year. San Francisco and Santa Clara look like they're they're probably not going to make a tournament, but, it, like, they may give some teams a, a run for their money. Um, they played two years ago. Wisconsin and St. Mary's opened up the year. It was like 65-63 in OT. I'd be shocked if both teams get to 60 points tonight. It's a below-possession game. Both teams don't really turn the ball over, but I think like live ball turnovers would be huge. Who can get those, um, you know, those odd man kind of, you know, three on two kind of breaks here. I think those are going to be huge in this game. Johnny Davis has been huge for the Badgers back to back career highs. He had 21 on Monday night, then 30 yesterday against the Cougars. Um, you know, so I, I think it's to be a very low scoring game. Both teams are very good defensively, and I think that and both teams have really struggled to shoot. Like Wisconsin, I believe, shooting like less than 30% for three. Like it, it's – if you like defensive battles and games that probably, you know, you like tight – you know, every basket is going to be contested. It's a game for you. If you like to watch the high-scoring, high-flying offense, this is going to be a very boring affair for you. So it, it's, it should be – it should definitely be a close one because of the way the two teams play, but – I'm going to take St. Mary's. I really, I think the whole as a West Coast conference right now, I think it's it's going to be a very solid conference this year. So I'll take, and I think the Big Ten as well is overrated as usual. So I'll, I'll gonna, I take, I'll take the Gales. I think they're a little bit better than the Badgers. 
Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Should be a good feast week. A lot of good tournaments going on. You got Duke playing against Agatha, so it should be a very, very interesting week- weekend of college basketball. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For producer Jace Garcia and for uh, Justin D'Afrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about championship week in college football and week 13 of the NFL season. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open at Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrest.com.